Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This for my fam. This for the fam. Do this for the fam. Bam, bam. Alexa, you heard me uh, do 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 the intro already. You want to yep. do the in- intro? I can't remember what it was now. Oh, fuck, right. well, About two boys discussing the finer things in life. Yeah, I think that's it. Just go. You've heard. The, you listen to the podcast. Yep. Take it away, ladies and gentlemen. No, welcome you to. It. That's not how we do this. Boys and girls. No, you fucked it. Hey fam, thanks for calling, being cool, <laughs> and listening to Hey Fam. This yeah. is actually the show, Hey Fam, <sighs> and this is a show all about. A couple of fellas <laughs> sitting back, sipping on some gin and some juice. And they're going to be discussing some of the finer things in life, such as video games, television programs, movies, mm-hmm. films, comic books, and food, <laughs> uh, and other cool stuff like that. And I'm the guest. That's the twist here. I'm actually the guest that's doing this right now. Yeah. True. We're just a real forward-thinking production. We and believe in equal rights and, you know, giving wow. everybody a chance. Yeah, yeah. Guests should have the same rights yeah. as hosts. This is this is a real step forward for podcasts. Yeah, Equality in podcasts. We've just been doing a lot of thinking lately. Um, yeah. Thinking is one thing, but activism, <laughs> that's another story. That's just the real thinking, man. Unlock your mind. Wow, wow. And your ass will follow. Wear this Che Guevara t-shirt I bought you. <laughs> oh, man, chuck it on me. Hey, it looks great on you. Man, chuck it on me. Put a beret on me and chuck a doob in my hey, mouth. Man, I'm getting a, crazy. Do you want a glass of Mexican Coke? Yeah. Oh, I love using it. Using real cane sugar? It's I way better than regular Coke. cane sugar. It's the Coke that activists like me enjoy. I'm into it because I actually hate corn syrup. High fructose corn syrup. I don't think it tastes good. I'm going to go out there and say it. Well, that, we've already covered the food segment nailed uh, it. Of, the, of tonight's program. Hey fam, uh, my name's Levins and his name's Angus. Yeah. And uh, we do this podcast every week from Angus's cool couch. And guess who's sitting next to me on the cool couch this week? It's our special guest, Alexi Toliopoulos. Thank star, you. Uh, well, if, you know, if you're going to... Breakout star. Breakout star and also Australia's bad boy of uh, movie criticism. That's me. Uh, Film and movie criticism. I'll criticize both. The, you can't stop me. Probably the breakout star in the role of Alexi Tuliopoulos in last year's Blank Slate podcast series, I yeah, thought. Yeah, I'm kind of like the Kramer <laughs> of the show, I would say. A little bit kooky and a bit wild sometimes. <laughs> you slide in, you say what everybody's thinking that they're too afraid to say. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing about Henry and Cameron, my co-stars. They're cowardly boys, right? as I am extremely brave. And obviously the most bravest person in this room right now. Yeah, really? Yeah. I've committed many heroic acts. <laughs> what have you done in the last 24 hours? It's oh, been heroic. Listen, I, I've... Um, oh, you, too much to say. 
What's the least much. heroic thing you've done? Uh, and that can put it all in perspective. That's probably easy to say. Probably just... Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, the most heroic thing I did, I made a burger late at night and it was quite dark. And I burnt myself That's a little bit. That's kind of dangerous, But yeah. it wasn't just for me. It was for my lady friends and she... Oh, yuck, lady friends. My girlfriends. <laughs> I'll say we're formally dating my girlfriends. Congratulations. A little round of is applause. Is this uh, exclusive? Yeah, this is exclusive. We're ex- Sorry, ladies. We're in an exclusive relationship. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, lady friend and man friend. Yeah. Well, do you reckon girls ever describe their boyfriends I as like man friends? I like to think they do. I Definitely. like to think they do. My man friend. Oh, gross. I mean, boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, no, when but you I think, think about it's it, cool. girl and boyfriends are a little too, you know, that's childish. A bit yeah, guys, you know, it's funny the differences between men <laughs> and women. This is a rich, a rich thing oh, to mine. There is. Listen, I've been doing Driving. stand-up comedy for a few years now, and I've seen some of the greats discuss the differences between men and women, and I've noticed and learned a lot from it. Mainly, difference is um, often discussed that. Uh, men do not shy away from danger, whereas women, my goodness, they'll run away. This is the forward-thinking activist. Uh, I mean, that's that's not my bit. That's not your bit. Whose no, bit no. is it? Who's... That's Seinfeld. Oh, oh you're right. riffing on yeah. that. He talks about women shying away a lot. Okay, it's one of his most famous bits. I thought I thought you were you were Kramer. Why are you quoting Seinfeld? Because he's my friend. Well, look, <laughs> you're if you're the Kramer, then who's Cam and who's Henry? I think Cameron is probably. Um, he is definitely Jerry Seinfeld. Right. Yeah. And I would say... He's a neat freak, is he? Yeah, he's a neat freak. He's by himself in an apartment in New York City. Definitely. Absolutely, yeah. That's exactly him to Effortlessly cool. Yeah. yeah, very cool. And I would say probably Henry is Elaine. So Henry's Elaine and... Wait, did you say Henry is Seinfeld? No, Cameron is Seinfeld. Oh, did I hear Henry's that right? You, oh, man, do you actually think Henry is effortlessly cool? <laughs> Boy. I, Henry tries very hard to be cool. <laughs> wow, this is like... Full of so many exclusives coming out. Yeah. I'm glad we had you in for this hot interview. This is some 60 Minutes uh, BS. When we get past all this uh, celebrity podcast gossip, yeah. uh, in the show we're going to be tonight, we're going to be talking about, or today, or tomorrow. Uh, oh. uh, we're <laughs> going to be, be, be talking about... Uh, Tarantino's brand new movie. It's not, name not a few things. Not brand new, just regular new. But uh, what's it called again? I saw it today. The, the hateful, hateful Eight. 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 The um, Hateful Eight. And uh, we'll the also blank slate. Oh, the, the Hateful Slate. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> and plus, um, uh, hateful a, slate going on here with your smack talk. I think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm a maniac. <laughs> Kramer. <laughs> um, but we're also going to be talking about a, a little project that uh, Alexi and Angus oh. have been working on. Oh. oh, man. Can't wait to discuss this. Can't wait to get this viral. A Star Wars script. A Star Wars movie script. Well, you, let, let's just uh, let's just arrive. To I teased it. it. I teased it. Yeah. We'll get yeah. to it naturally. As you know, no no podcast in Sydney has better se- and more natural segues <laughs> than Hey Fam. So look forward to that later in the show. Now, look, Levens, you and I, um, we made a prediction last week in our heralded and law critically loaded uh, predictions episode oh, huge, and so many things episode. that we predicted uh, mm. we were given more insight to the day after number one being uh, the Suicide Squad trailer came out nearly 12 hours after we said hey that's coming out now Suicide Squad is, has a rich history in HeyFam uh, mythology oh it's um, we, if we, we're a tapestry it's so interwoven with yours and mine Fred we, uh, <laughs> when, when, when we, our first episode we were talking about it saying it looked like a complete mess of a mm. movie we were very scared of Jared Leto's Joker and not for the reasons uh, David Ayer had in mind but um, since that point I saw a David Ayer movie that I, ca- I quite liked 
the tank Fury. Fury? training day. Oh. No, in the in the uh, in a tank Fury. Have you, seen, have you seen Fury? No, I've not seen it. That's fun, bro. If you like, you yeah. like you'd fucking like tanks or what, <laughs> uh, bro? I'm you not, look like you fucking like tanks, man. <laughs> I'm not a big tank guy. That's my problem. Yeah, but you maybe haven't seen the right tank film. It's an Probably emotional true. tank movie. Okay, it's a very there's some very very good scenes. There's some sad tanks. In I this love movie. the beef, Charla Beef. I think he's one of the finest young yep. actors working in Hollywood today. I agree. One day he'll get his break. I think I so. I hope so. My goodness, I pray about him. Look, he's had a lot of chances. Uh, I think he's got plenty more left. Shy, if you're listening, you've got a, le- you've got a chance with the Fam gang. I just wish that he would be cast as a main character in a reboot of some kind. Yeah. Or at least the offspring of one. For once. Such as? What would you give his best role to be? Uh, Han Solo movie? Yeah, perfect. Actually, he'd, he'd be a pretty good Han Solo. He would be. I think so too. He already yeah. looks like him. He's played his son before. The damage is done, That's though. That's true. Mutt Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Mut solo, oh, <laughs> you yes. dirty beast. Hey. Um, so the, you'll notice the, there's a little uh, L uh, E symbol next to this uh, podcast. It's explicit. <laughs> yeah, man. We fucking go anywhere. We fought for that. We know we're gonna. Uh, it's gonna damage our overall sales. Tanks and care. mut jokes. <laughs> um, the Hey Fam tapestry. Yeah, uh, but Rich. the new Suicide Squad trailer came out. It dropped. Yep. Alexi, what do you think? Um, I didn't like the trailer very much. I think it's got some cool shit in it that yeah. cannot be denied. But name said cool shit. Never. But like, had you seen anything from this movie before? The I trailer? saw that leaked trailer that they gave us a very stern yeah talking. And that to was about. crap. I like that. I like that. But which one are we talking about? The Comic Con one where it the had the BG song. Oh, I don't, some, I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, it's the one we all saw where... Oh, we all saw it, don't we? We all saw it. Well, it we, was we, a leaked screener. We've spoken someone, about it. Someone had filmed that comic Oh, no, I did see that. Actually, and that was pretty cool. And yeah. then Warner Bros. was like, oh, come on, guys. What are you doing? Don't steal our film. And then released it. And then they... they yeah, they were forced to release it. It was like, you forced a hand into this and talked down to the fans. Yeah. But then, like, when... Uh, a similar thing was done at maybe Deadpool. Age of Ultron. Or yeah, it was Deadpool Age of Ultron. Trailer. And they were just and like, oh, like, damn, Hydra. And they were like, yeah, oh, that's all, yeah, Deadpool, we're yeah, in on the joke, we're cool. They did it classily. DC did it very yeah. unclassily. So I preferred that original trailer because this one just seems like, oh, this is Bad Boys Guardians of the Galaxy where they're using uh, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, look, it's you can tell that DC had a long, hard look at what uh, Swish's Marvel have been shooting lately, and there's so much of Guardians DNA in that trailer. Mm. But I think it's you know that's a pleasant surprise because the, the original trailer, the one you love, is quite heavy. It's quite heavy. It's yeah, like quite I was serious. Because like, okay, my, my biggest criticism of what the DC movies are now is just that relentless dark boredom yeah um someone turn a freaking light on in here uh, and, you know. but but i think i was just so stoked because it just looks fun and goofy and yep. camp because you know after batman and robin they're like no, no no we're not camp we're not camp anymore dc comics mm. we're not camp and you can be camp there's a good camp and you can be bad pink. camp like yeah. pink doesn't make songs or is a color in the dc universe exactly. these days uh, i think but i kind of i don't know if i like the darkness of the dc cinematic universe the dccu but I think... Thank you for calling it that. It is just different. And it makes it... I think it's a good decision for them to just make it different from Marvel. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure they can probably find another way to differentiate themselves. But it's like the easiest way to do it. Well, yeah. Marvel's so light. I mean, every... You know, I, I, I can't think of many shots that are like even shot at nighttime. And like, you mm. think of a Batman film and anytime he's in the suit, it's nighttime. So, it's Marvel clearly got this 
distinct look. Except for the last one, Dark Knight Rises, which is pretty much all daylight. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Or, or in a pit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. With daylight at the very top yeah, of the yeah. pit. Um, but you know, whatever. Like, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Suicide Squad. I said it was going to be better than Batman vs Superman, and I still think it will be. That's the official yeah. Levin's weigh-in, guys. Yeah, I've got a feeling I'm going to sit on the same side of this fence with you. Friends. It's comfy over here, dog. It is. It's because <laughs> I, with us. I think the trailer for Batman vs Superman. It's just like, why are you putting so much stuff in this movie? Mm. Yeah, just mm. take it back a little bit. Maybe they're going to defy my expectations and make it like interesting, and it all work. But from what I've seen, like Wonder Woman's in it. Dooms is Doomsday. Yeah, Doomsday's in it. And Aquaman's just, in it. Oh yeah, and we haven't even seen Flash him is in yet. It. Flash, Cyborg. Are they all in it? Yep. In some apparently, of apparently, um, it, like hints. There's, 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 there's rumor is that there's going to be like little hints that they exist in. Like this. you'll see the guy that cyborg is before he's cyborg. Oh, okay. and apparently, well, apparently that there's an early leak of a script or something. Uh, they're in Lex Luthor's uh, like security room, and there are all these different screens. Yep. And in one uh, screen, you see uh, someone moving around really fast, like the sure. flash. Oh, and okay. then another one, you see like a guy in a water tank. Oh, but Aquaman. but it, but it sounds like Aquaman's going to have a bigger role than that. In, really? in, in that yeah, I've heard I've heard Ugh. some uh, some rumors, and one is that Aquaman got very uh, p- pissed off with Superman in the end of Man of Steel when that whole terraformer thing when he took into the ocean. When he just uh, took a big leak in the ocean. Yeah, when he took a big stinky dump with uh, that <laughs> alien ship in the ocean. Remember that? Yeah. And yeah. then he's floating there at the end of, and he's like knocked uh, apparently... Uh, so Superman is the baddie. A lot of these other Well, a lot of people are pissed Superman's off at him. Bad. Yeah, Batman's yeah. really peed off. It looks like it's going to be like a four-hour movie. Yeah. I'm in for a four-hour movie. Mm, no. Not with that shit. I think movies... Pace it out. I think... It, yeah, pace it out. Like they movie, are trying to rush... To that um, Justice League movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, not take being, your time. Yeah. Take your time. Make 10 movies get there slowly. Look, you have my curiosity. Just don't hit me over the head with it. And um, movies should be 90 minutes long. Yeah. For the most part. Those kind of movies, for sure. You can push two hours. Look, everybody knows cool. every movie should be 90 minutes. Every Star Wars movie should be two hours and six minutes. I would say longer. Star Wars movies can be three hours. <laughs> I just want to live in the universe a yeah. bit more. Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I also made a comic book, comic book movie prediction about Deadpool oh, being yeah. uh, critically panned but finding a cult following. Yep. I saw the trailer for it uh-huh. before Hateful Eight mm-hmm. and I now think that no one is going to like this piece of shit yeah. movie. Well, uh, it it's probably stinky. already achieved cult status in China because I read it just got banned from there this week without it even being released <laughs> well, just based on that trailer. So yeah. I think it could be a big Chinese cult classic. You know, it'd be some of that, uh, uh, that, that sweet-ass... Secret movie that they'll be hunting out. Yeah, I think it like it, it's cool for a movie, the comic book movie, to not take itself seriously and be actively, actively not take itself seriously yeah. and mm. remind the audience of that throughout the movie as often as possible. But this one's obnoxiously doing so, dude. This looks so lame. Yeah, and yeah, and all the gags seem lame. Like it's all like fake, edgy jokes. Yeah, and it's like you look like a avocado's dick, and that's like not funny. Avocados yeah. don't have dicks. He's Listen up. I believe the line is, you look like an, an avocado f- hate-fucked an uglier avocado. Okay. Yeah. That is a little bit funnier than my my version of the joke. <laughs> Though, to, to hate-fuck somebody, and this is coming from someone who hasn't hate-fucked, I would imagine there would need Any to be vegetable. a penis involved in some vicinity. Yeah, you need to get a dick. Actually, no, I take that back. You don't need a penis to have sex. Okay, there chasing doesn't need Amy. To be, there doesn't need to be one involved at all. 
All right, chasing Amy. I know you watched it the other day. <laughs> yeah, great flick. Criterion Collection. <laughs> my number 138. Um, in fact, all of the trailers that I saw before The Hateful Eight. Yeah, what else did you see? Absolute stinkers. What, what else, else did you see? There's that new. Actually, no, I kind of giggled at the new um, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen movie. Oh, oh yeah. Grimsby. 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 I mean, it looks. Like pathetic, but it looks like there's like some good like. <laughs> Did you guys see him but, debut said trailer on Jimmy Kimmel as Borat? Yeah, as Borat. It was uh, it was probably one of my favorite, and this is not uh, not taking the Mickey out of you guys. I'm taking my the Grimsby favorite moment. Yeah, <laughs> that's not me uh, tickling your Grimsby. That's just it was one of my favorite moments of last year. Oh wow! Was Borat coming out in character for eight minutes and just heaping shit on Grimsby wow. in character and saying he was here to show this shit trailer off and stuff. It was, it was great. That's yeah. brutal. It was really funny. He walked Borat's out and while everyone's clapping and saying welcome, he just gets down on his knees and starts to undo Jimmy Kimmel's flat. <laughs> like the first thing he did as Borat, I was like, "Oh, he's back, baby." The rat's back. Yeah. The Rat Pack back. <laughs> um, and w- the other one was um, another... Like, Rebel Wilson was in three trailers before. Oh, hey, sorry, our do Rebel. you mean Our Rebel? Our Rebel. Our Rebel. Yeah. Our Rebel. Thank our you. Rebel. I thought you might have meant someone else. Our Rebel Rebel. Yes, I'm um, a member of the Rebel Alliance. Uh, that's a fan <laughs> squad. Um, it, yeah, it was some, some romantic comedy that she's in. Good. Because we haven't seen um, enough of those. I've never Rebel. heard of this film. Do you know what it's called? I've never... I've got, I don't know this exists at all. Oh, is this, really? Is yeah. it worrying you? Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's like, something not on my radar. It it's her and um, uh, George Judd Apatow's wife. Oh yeah, Leslie Mann. Yeah, Leslie, Leslie Mann's Mann. in it, and um, like Rebel Wilson plays like this like bold man crusher, best mate of a timid, timid like girl who okay. who just wants to get laid in New York City, baby. That's a great premise for. Is a it called How to Be Single? I think that's probably it. That's, that definitely fits my description. I've never heard of this at all. Well, I mean, like, I don't know why they chose to show it before. Yeah, what is the crossover audience? Yeah, it was fucked. There was none whatsoever. Like Deadpool, I get, because the same nerdy Tarantino fans are into comic books. Yeah. And Deadpool probably definitely goes into that exact same category. But yeah, we just saw they were all like wacky, gross-out comedy trailers. Yuck. Yeah. 2016 sounds goofy ass. I don't think any of the four <laughs> other elderly people that I shared my 10 a.m. Yeah. session of the Hateful Eight with um, Were you solo are, are keen it? for any of those. No, my wife came too. She, well, uh, well, let's get into it. Hateful, Hateful Eight. Eight. What was the vibe in the cinema? Um, dark. Mm. But did you have I saw it VMAX. Okay. Uh, nice. Greater Union Burwood. Did you, did Great you, cinema. Uh, I know because... Uh, um, so, t- let me preface this by saying that uh, if you haven't already listened to it yet... Um, Alexi and Cameron James from the the Blank Slate Movie Podcast. Kramer and Jerry, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Respectively, so. Uh, they sat down just after seeing The Hateful Eight together? Or no, no it was we, s- we probably recorded a few days after seeing it. Cameron had seen it twice since... In that time period, and, and you made a great, a great, uh, a great episode about your thoughts about the movie. So you should go listen to that because I'm going to be responding to a few things that Alexi brought up or did, forgot to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow. you guys actually, and did you see it as well? In the, was it, did you see like the 70 millimeter? I've seen print? it in 70 mil. We both saw it at the same venue, didn't we? Yeah, Orpheum. Orpheum. Uh, yeah, Hayden Orpheum. Um, we got big programs old, on the way in. Beautiful and the, eight-page book, and there was like a, the importance um, of said screening, and yeah, and the important started with an overture about t- uh, ten minutes or so with the words overture on the screen, a horse and a wagon illustration, and uh, the main themes of the movie playing, and Which, then the oh, film started. It was great. Me, those main themes are um, good. Mm, those amazing. themes, those themes. 
And the intermission, you get an intermission. That's yeah. so rare to get an intermission of film. Cuts at get- the end of Act Three. Yeah, um, right. Good timing. While you can go to the bathroom and be like, "Whoa, that was hectic." Uh, and people you, it was cool that intermission was so cool because it's people talking about it was the social film yeah it was great very active I liked that yeah it was good I mean it went for like all in all close to four hours with uh no it was sitting there. three hours I'm talking about like the Uber I got oh, like okay. you know but I mean yeah it was like three and a bit like <laughs> what did you give the star stuff? rating in the Uber what star rating well, <laughs> okay. I don't know how much you guys know Sydney's geography so well, but when you jump in at Uber at 12 o'clock midnight and someone says, it's my first day, and you go, that's Ugh. cool. I just live here. Uh, and they go to Bondi when you don't live in Bondi and then you end up paying $14 for a different tunnel and oh. uh, bridge fees. Yeah. No, no, it was cool. She was fine and we emailed Uber. Uh, good stories. We got that money back. That and is a great so, end to yeah. it. All in all, Otherwise, five stars. Terrifying story. <laughs> yeah, it just took a long time to get home. Ooh, Bondi. Yeah, it's like, well, we don't live here. Yeah, that's uh, true. I only said Bondi, not in a in a ripping on Bondi because it's easy, but in the fact that it's completely the opposite. Uh, very you know. far away from the inner west of Sydney. That's which right. Is where you humbly live. Yeah, I, I believe you do too. Me too, baby. Oh, wow. Very close to here. Tell you what, if you're rubbing shoulders in the inner west with these <laughs> fat cats... You <laughs> meet some interesting people around the inner west. That's why I love living here. Yeah. There's a great cafe culture going on. <laughs> well, how did it compare to uh, <laughs> Mossman? Is that where the Orpheum is? Yep, it's uh, in... Cremorne. 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 You, it's on military road. I love it. On military road, the Orpheum is the most beautiful cinema. Have in you ever Australia. been there, Lev? Yeah, dog. Yeah, when I was a kid. So great. Would you say that? Uh, Milo uh, knows. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> that, that it seems a real like deal. Orpheum day out. <laughs> Shout out to the Orpheum. This weekend, they're actually screening the Iron Giants. Oh in god, Green I love that movie so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to go see it on Saturday and Sunday mornings. That's what's still my favorite. Pro- oh, actually, no. That's on par with The Incredibles. Yeah, mm. for Brady Birdie. Yeah, mm. and it, God, it makes me well up like a motherfucker. The first time I saw it, Vin Diesel's best role. Yeah, I would say. And, and, when, and when he got yep. when it, when uh, when he got announced as um Fruit. someone that was going to be in in uh, yeah in in the Marvel in Guardians of the Alpha mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't announced that he was Groot first, and immediately I was like, oh my god, I hope he's Groot because he was he, he's so good at doing that like yeah. crazy. I deep mean, let's voice. say if Vin Diesel is horribly disfigured in a rogue um, wow. jet ski accident, which I have seen him. Uh, the only reason why I say You've jet ski... You've seen this happen. You've foretold this. Well, no, it's because today on his Facebook page, he uh, uploaded a video of him just doing of a him sick dying mono in a jet ski on a jet ski. Uh. And then it's like he's made it in um, iMovie on his iPhone because then it comes up with text, Xander <laughs> returns, and he's training for yeah. Triple X3. The like, return of Xander Cage. I was like, that's really risky, but... If he was to disfigure his body or injure he could himself, still doing, be in voices. That's, he'll be doing. Be he'll, great. he'll be doing his best work. Uh, but one of those crazy his Facebook page will be a bit sadder. His Facebook page is the best page on the internet. It's already pretty sad. I mean, every second post is a uh, "We remember you, Paul" post. Like, there's already yeah. a, it's already very heavy. If you decide to follow Vin Diesel online, be prepared to get a lot of um, co-star guilt, like just mm. heaped upon you. I it, love all the videos of him singing karaoke. The best. Doing some he's just ballads. a big old. He's one of us, you know. Like he's a that's softy. A, yeah, yeah. So hateful eight. Hateful yeah. eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously we had very different cinema experiences. So you didn't yep. see the seventy mils? What you're saying? You had straight up, straight up digital VMAX, man. I want to see it like that. Uh, you've I've seen it like that as well. That's right. You said I yeah. uh, got Telstra thanks twelve dollar fifty tickets. Hey, oh. thank you, Telstra. <laughs> um, but is it true that you guys actually saw extra footage? Yes, more landscape footage. Because so it was, it was a fucking long movie. 
The so, only thing that I noticed a difference because I've seen it in both versions now. Mm. The only thing I noticed difference is in the seventy millimeter extended cut. Mm-hmm. There is a little conversation about Sam Jackson's. Like, there's a half plucked chicken here. I mean, Minnie would never leave a half plucked chicken. Is around. that literally the line? That's something like that. Jax. I thought there'd be more external stuff, like kind of the approach of them in wagon, like more external shots. Like, uh, I heard that was some. I didn't notice that. But okay. that's probably a difference. But that was a one thing I truly noticed. That there's like this little thing about a half-plucked chicken and that's part of the mystery. And then when they go back in time and show what happened earlier that day, you, you see, see her plucking the chicken. chicken. Sure. So in this right. one, in the DigiProject cut, you just see uh, Bob the Mexican Pluck just it. finished plucking a chicken. Yeah, and then yeah. you go back, you see her starting to pluck okay. a chicken. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not necessary, but yeah, no, interesting it's... that that's a weird scene they decided to pop uh, in. Very um, odd. So we haven't really spoiled anything important yet. <laughs> People that haven't heard are like, what, there's a plucked chicken in yeah. this movie? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, not a cow. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, little little spoiler alert warning. We are going to be talking pretty in depth of uh, the hateful eight. It's hard not to you speak sh- about this film without letting some uh, spoilers rip. Mm. Yeah. So like my first impression as I was, you know, two thirds of the way through, or even 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 not even getting that far. Yeah. It would just seem like so gratuitous. It was. I loved that it. It felt like it definitely felt like watching. I was watching a play. Mm. Yes. And, and I hope they do a theatrical version of, of this movie. Yeah. Apparently he's possible. writing it right now. Yeah. Like yeah. adapting it rather. Yeah. yeah it, it's happening. I mean, originally it was you know right on stage, albeit sitting down in a row. Yeah. At um the Ace Hotel Theater, but. It belongs on stage. It's one room. I mean, yeah, it's perfect. So on one hand, you're like, oh, cool. You know, it's very, it feels very much, very, very intimate and, uh, mm. and uh, you know, really feels like a theater piece. But then on the other hand, the script and the special effects and the gore and just like the, just the general, like, I don't know. It just like like it was just so gratuitous. Every it's, every possible chance he could to be as Quentin Tarantino as yeah. possible. Like it yeah. felt at sometimes it felt like people writing a fan script for a Tarantino movie, like uh like uh Sam Jackson describing yeah making oral sex. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The, the, that was one thing I didn't talk about in my blank slate review was that scene. Like that's really problematic for me now. Really, especially my second viewing of it because it's basically. Sam Jackson telling uh, Bruce Stern uh, that he Mouth raped. raped his son and killed him. And I, ha- when I was seeing it again with like a bit more of a boisterous audience, they were like laughing during it. And I found that really uncomfortable. Sure. That it's like this long, weird rape joke in this movie that's kind of unnecessary. If anything, it just makes you dislike really Samuel dislike Jackson's Sam character. character. But, but from it, that point on, that's the point, I, isn't it? It is. I guess it the is. The point is, you don't know if like if anybody in that movie is ever telling the truth. Like to me, it was like a Rashomon on steroids. Mm. Like that film's famously, you get four different perspectives of the one event, and it's up to you to make up your mind about which one happened, or <laughs> if all of them are somewhat true. Um, hateful Eight to me is that like I, you don't like anybody everybody yeah. is somewhat lying like even by the end of the film we don't know if a certain character is a sheriff or not who claims to be a sheriff like yeah. it's all built on you having to trust them and it's like while I was watching it I had this thought too and I saw The Revenant I, I was like fuck I would not survive in any of these errors because they're both said in like yeah. the 1800s like <laughs> now we can quickly google someone's name find out what the fuck they do What's up who they them? are but this was all an error where it was all based on face value or stories you'd heard from each other and they really made a point like did that really happen or was Sam Jackson trying to piss off an old confederate, you know? Yeah. Like, and I, I like think... that. It's like, is this how... They're hateful. They're all horrible people. It's in the title of the but film. I yeah. think I think even without... Even if he was lying, yeah. I still don't like him for Do you think he's story. lying? 
I don't know. Probably I not. Lied it's about too a letter. St- I think yeah. it's too stupid a story to be real. So. He's already lied he's in the movie lying. to me. Yeah. He's yeah. lied about a letter he carries yeah. around, and he's, I'm like, well, he's a liar. Yeah. I think he's lying because he just wants to kill this old dude. But I don't like how it's played in the film. I find that really problematic how it is played for laughs. It's pretty it's horrific. Like, so I'm like, oh, my big black pecker. Yeah, my big black dingus. It's quite shocking. And then, and then the fucking footage of that's him. That's what I was saying. Yeah. He's chasing the Fuck guy that. through the snow and there's this white naked guy. And it's like, to me, that's probably like the most, even though there's no blood, there's no nudity mm. besides a guy's flaccid penis flapping around while he's running in the snow. Yeah. It's like the most scary scene oh, Tarantino's ever done. It's in broad daylight. But then it's totally undercut by, and B- it's conscious. By the dick joke, yeah. By the dick jokes and also cutting to Bruce Dern, who's a Shaking. great actor. Ooh. And he's just playing, it's so funny. Like the cuts to him are so funny. He's got yeah. this really high performance where he's like shying away, like cradling up into like a fetal position and seeing an old man being told this weird story doing yeah. that that's funny and I don't like that I don't think it should be played for laughs okay. in that yeah. scene and that was sense. it for me that was like like all the gore and stuff especially like the, the by the time they finally got to the hanging at the end I was like okay we fucking get it like yeah. it just I mean it, it it felt like a tribute to a Tarantino movie not a Tarantino movie mm. the um, whole film just that part that, sure, the end sure. scene like fuck there are some all time amazing scenes yeah. in within totally. this movie, yeah. but then like you know I, I I I felt this way about parts of Django Unchained as well. Like the really extreme bits now, like he did it to such great effect in Inglorious Bastards when it cut to the close up of them, you know, firing rounds directly into Hitler's face and yeah. just destro- tearing his face apart. Like that, I thought that was amazing. Yeah, like and just so boisterous, and it's because there's catharsis involved with that imagery. You want Hitler to be dead. He's yeah. a bad guy, and yeah, seeing but- him being blown apart, like there's an emotional resonance with that as a viewer. But it's also like it, it, it was emotional. It was it stopped being emotional and was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. and like and th- well, th- th- funny laughter is an emotion. Sure. Well, laughter probably is an emotion. It's the sound that you make. Guys, yeah. we've all seen Inside Out. We know yeah. that humor <laughs> is a very big emotion. Um, uh, it's worth listening to the. I know Henry, uh, your Elaine is a big fan of the Brett Easton Ellis podcast, mm. and his most recent guest is Tarantino. It's a close to a two hour chat. It's amazing, and they do speak about how there's a part, and uh, just like how Tarantino when he was younger, I guess he like toned a lot of that stuff down due to rating systems, yeah. due to him trying to be a bit cool in his twenties and thirties. But now he's at an age. He said he's like for his last three movies, bastards of oh, Kill Bill onwards. Basically, he wants to make people laugh at the violence he's showing that it's stupid it's just red water like yeah it's yeah. more of a, it's not there to make you it's not a violent it's not to get an, an r rating it's to be entertaining like old school like splash paint like it's yeah and he, he kind of goes into detail with like the exorcist uh the exorcist and like the vomiting and stuff like that like that that sort of over the top gross violence that yeah. becomes entertaining whereas he wants people to laugh and be question themselves why am I laughing at somebody's face getting blown up it's because it's comically blown like it's no one's head looks like that when they fire a bullet in it but in a Tarantino movie it explodes like a pumpkin with a sledgehammer well that shit is fantastic yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the ridiculous violence but, you know. it's funny that in his I old age the, the, he's kind of gone like yeah I'm just going silly now and then he had a vomit scene too of like, course that yeah. was great yeah there yeah, was a spew scene I was killing myself I haven't seen a spew scene like that f- since Problem Child 2 yeah <laughs> <laughs> I found um, the that was Tarantino's violence. first movie <laughs> the violence to be less of an entertainment aspect in this film like yeah. it really I found it shocking yeah. and it was the first time I'd truly been shocked by violence in a Tarantino film you're getting because old, they're usually fun and it's like like you're saying entertaining and silly what about when this is what about brutal? when uh, uh, um, 
Beatrice uh, squashes the eyeball between her toes. Yeah, in two. In Kill Bill 2. Uh, that's still like, oh my God, I can't believe he did that. But right. in this one, it's like, oh fuck. It's like, because I think it's all to do with this one setting for the film. You're trapped in there with the gruesomeness. Yeah. It never leaves. You don't move on from it. Like it's literally caked into one of the characters' faces by the end of the film. Yeah. And it just stays there. And it just, it it's more confronting on like a, a shock value level. Sure. For me, it was like, South Park violence Like for the movie It was just mm. like Kenny deaths And this like Gross vomiting And stuff yeah. like that And I guess like With the Wild West You can get away with it too Because like Man as again As in The Revenant As in this Shit was so gross then Like I would oh, die instantly If dirty. I was around then Everyone's filthy Everyone's disease ridden Uh yeah, I thought it, it looked amazing. It's the best looking of the films. Second, fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would disagree. I think Inglorious Bastards is still his best looking film. I got to watch yeah, it again. I've seen it for a few years. But that's that's a, that's like that might be my my. We'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. I, 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 later in the show, I want us to try and rank our favorite. Sure. Best of worst or worst of bur- worst of whatever worst of burst. Uh, Tarantino's Quinta best. <laughs> Wow, um, this is this is official title. I fuck it. I, I, I was like, I don't want Alexi to get the credit for liking Glorious Bastards the most. I want yeah. to get in there. You and I've already <laughs> said I think that that is our favorite. Oh, really? Cool, sweet. <laughs> Wait, yeah. well, spoilers. We know what the first one ranked for everyone is. Um, I just want to talk about one more. Well, we'll talk about probably more things. Maybe it's a podcast. Bro. Take yeah. your time. Yeah, okay, no I'll relax right. now. But because um, like the, like. You, I, I really can't stress enough. Go listen to Blank Slate podcast, the bonus episode about this. I rarely, or well, actually, pretty often, I'll listen to a podcast and I'll be like, "Fuck, stop, stop trying to wrap this up. Just, just go forever." This yeah. podcast, and it's one of those great, great chats. You and Cameron really. Yeah, we love talking movies. Um, but just on kind of what Angus was saying about um, who, uh, Mister Truscott. Oh, of course, <laughs> sorry. The when you're in my house, you will call yeah. me Mister Truscott. <laughs> the defendant Truscott. Um, so the guilty. <laughs> I think you were kind of talking about like how. Um, you wouldn't be able to work in that world or live in that world. And it just kind of remi- it reminded me of this thought that I had that back in like the 90s or even up till Kill Bill and Death Proof, Quentin Tarantino is by far, maybe close, Kevin Smith is the closest at writing dialogue based in pop culture yeah. and mm-hmm. popular culture references. Those first two scripts, I mean, are just... Well, oh. even True Romance. True Romance three, as well. Just heaped and steeped have you, when, have you tried to watch True Romance? I've like watched it. Nah, no, I haven't. I watched it years ago. Painful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gary Oldman's character is like one of the worst things Yeah. Ever. And then you get Dudley Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> he's great in it. Dudley Pitt? Yeah, he's got so many kids. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. But so that's what he's was known for. That's what he made his bones with. That's true. He was a big pop culture and guy. for the last three films he's made... He's put himself in this position where he can't use that. I think that's and brave I think and great. So of him. brave and bold, and it's exciting because he he's talking uh, like Inglorious Bastards still our film references told, but it's from a completely different era. Yeah, and I think that's so cool that he's kind of just going like, "Hey, fuckos, I can write great dialogue and don't have to talk about mm. Superman or cheeseburgers." It was his crutch, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he used it as a crutch for a long time, perhaps. Yeah. like his extreme encyclopedic knowledge of culture from the 60s onwards mm. but now you know making a movie 200 set 200 years ago he's kind of going it still shows his pop culture because he's obviously a sponge and has watched so many great westerns yeah. and he's just regurgitating the dialogue from those films in a way or the conversations and with a bit more uh, shall i say colorful language mm. 
<laughs> um, so should we talk about um, aspects of the movie, like like as in like the actual script and stuff that we liked, or should we t- talk about the cast? Did you guys all avoid I... the script first? Let's go. No, th- this Fuck movie no. had a bit of a troubled. I've um, never read a script of a movie before watching. Likewise, it the had pretty first troubled. Script past. I ever read of a movie was Romulus, my father, and oh, that's wow. the truth. I saw it before I saw the film. Actually, I I, do, I read uh, Moulin Rouge script about two years before it came out because my neighbor oh. was building the set. That's um, so exciting. It's very different. Okay, before we talk about the cast, there's one thing that I didn't get to talk about as much as I would have liked to in my original conversation. Sure, think of this as a second chance. Yeah, <laughs> now I want to talk about more stuff I missed out on. So, I like, we were... I. I was talking about how a lot of people were complaining that they he wasted using seventy millimeter film and stuff, sure. and like who, what? There's no rules to use seventy millimeter film, so fuck off. And we've already said how, we've already said how good it looks. And yeah, far away incredible. we shot in seventy millimeter. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Come on, but like, like who cares? But also, he uses it in a way that's so great because it sets up like this precedent in the film where you go into this little tiny haberdashery and you can see the whole thing. Yeah. On most shots uh, of the film, that's not an extreme close-up, you can see the whole haberdashery. You can see a lot of players at and any be- one time, which is great. You know, exactly. Just, yeah. I mean, it's a small cast. Big cast or small cast, depends which way you look at it. Yeah. But it's just, I, yeah, that lens just gives you so much scope, like, without doing setting in the corner and being yeah, boring. Yeah, exactly. Like, it sets up, beautiful. It yeah. sets up geography of the place and it also sets up the precedent for you to be looking at what everyone's doing in the background, making yeah. keeping track of everyone, finding out who's telling the truth, who's lying. And there's often you can see Walton Goggins in the background or all the other great cast and just kind of policing them, seeing who's yeah. telling the truth, what stories are going on. Their reactions to what's being said, and stuff like that. that is definitely not a waste of 70mm. That is a great example of using in a different way, a bold way, and it's inventive. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Tarantino has above all of the imitators he's had over the last 20 years, is that he is genuinely inventive and bold and just doesn't give a fuck and he'll use these things from the past to innovate and create new yeah, stuff. Great. Can we make a pact to refer to him as Tarantini for the rest of Please. the yeah, episode? Tarantinos. If he ever has a pasta named after him, I'd love it to be called like, I'll have the uh, <laughs> carbonara with Tarantini, thanks. Like, yeah, yeah, it's so good. Um, I really, really <laughs> loved... My favorite part of Jackie Brown is the uh, scene where you, you see the scene from three different perspectives. Yes. Yeah. And I watched it this afternoon. And, and like that movie... like. I remember watching as a kid immediately after seeing Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs for the first time. And it's a very different, very slower mm. movie. But that scene then resonated with me so well. So those scenes yeah. resonated with me so well. And they're still like, what the, when I rewatch it in more recent years, it's what I look forward so to. So exciting. And it, and it never, ever, like, it never stops being a really, really great. And it feels so real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it feels like it's literally the same. They just set up different cameras. Uh, and, and so that. You know, seeing a, seeing the same scene happen from someone else's perspective mm. is used to it in a much smaller, very different way in Hateful yeah. Eight. But I loved that. I loved when it was like, yeah, was it from? Is it Act Four when it starts when the narrator comes? Um, in? Yeah, when QT comes four. in. Tarantini is the narator. Yeah. Oh, it's Tarantino. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who the fuck it was? Tarantini. Uh, and I loved it. I, think I loved it so much. It doesn't it at great. all detract because often, like his cameo, especially in Django Unchained, oh my like, god, pull you out of yeah. the movie, and it's like too big of Watched a. Watch Django again two nights ago, and it's just so so so. And then you yeah. see him trying to be, and it would have been fine if he was trying to be a hick, but he's trying to be an Australian hick, and it's yeah. like we get it. You're on Australia's dick. You always talk about it, but you're not Australian. Don't do the accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But what I've noticed because I've been revisiting his films of late after seeing Hateful Eight is that. He 
when I feel like that he feels like the movie's important to him and it's like uh, like in. he won't be in the film. Uh. Like he Inglorious Bastards, his cameo is real small, he's just the hands that chokes um, right. the actress. And in this one, he's just the voice of the narrator. In Jackie Brown, he's just literally a voice um, on the what's it called? Callback phone message. Oh, right. machine, really. Answering machine. Wow. I mean, that's what Showing it's like living in 2015. <laughs> you don't know what they're called anymore. Who uses that kind of service? Not me. What's that's the deal sure. with answering machines, right? I mean, come on. They're a relic of the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just like, thinking about it. I was we just really thinking. took offense to that. We're like, no, man. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was debating whether I should start singing that classic George Seinfeld. Believe it or not, <laughs> George isn't at home. Classic please please message. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where could I be? But yes. Oh, actually, fun fact, uh, if you ever died in my house uh, when I was 11, that was the answering machine message. Son by me, uh, George wow. substituted for the Truscots. <laughs> and you were the only person in the world that did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. No one else, not no one, one else other person. Did it. You are the Tarantino I was 11, I thought it was very funny. Answering machine humor, because you take something from the past That's and right. you'll innovate it, change it, make it bold and well, exciting. it was actually contemporary then because I am so old. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I also loved... That we saw, um, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't, I, it was a bit full on, was it uh, the chapter where you go back in time? Yeah. Um, knowing that all of these lovely people were going to die <laughs> yeah. at the hands of these It was, like, it was, it like, was but like, yeah, I mean, again, gratuitous. Like, you were like, yeah. you yeah. just knew it was coming the whole time. You knew as soon as she, you saw this, uh, one of the characters, not many, but the other one stacking the jelly beans, and you mm. know, when they walk in, he's like, wow, there's jelly beans. Yeah. There's one jelly bean on the floor. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, that, those jelly beans are, we're going to see that crash. sweet Dave. Yeah, mm. sweet Dave. Um, oh, it's so brutal. And the whole time I was waiting for the penny to drop and that for that dude to not really be Mexican. Yeah. Because I was like, what's the deal with this shit Mexican yeah. accent? No, and he's actually just Mexican. The actor's Mexican. Yeah, she's Mexican. It just yeah. seemed, but it just seemed really strange and like it seemed yeah. like someone doing a crap playing it up. Mexican accent. Yeah. It's yeah. a funny performance. Really I think it was great. I think it was needed it. for the movie too because yeah. it's kind of this like, character you don't understand it's kind of like uh that brad pitt snatch type of vibe yeah i think the two overtly humorous performances come from demian Bashir's bob the mexican and, and tim roth oh. as what's his name oswald mulberry i fucking love i mean i loved him roth anyway. i cracked yeah. up at everything but he said I, th- I thought that, like yeah that that's was- what i know most about you're one of the biggest lie to me fans out there <laughs> you're always posting these lie to me statuses tune in at 7 p.m on seven network which character no, from a god who watched lie to me all right all right you got me i've seen three movies of tim roth in them and they yep. were all pretty good always <laughs> yeah. sharing the, the which lie to me character and my buzzfeed quiz <laughs> oh, i can't believe i got blah blah do you think he loves lies and that's why he's in this movie because there's so much lying going on and in real life <laughs> he's like he said yes. well actually I've been on the TV show Lie to Me and I could tell who's lying the whole time is that a good impression? that's nailed it thanks man. baby fuck he was great in this movie his though. cadence is hilarious yeah yeah, like, hysterical he's relishing it and then when you find out the like truth behind his character gentleman yeah. and it's hilarious like compared to the rest of the accents you've heard for the first hour or so yeah. it's pretty guttural southern you yeah and bomb this and bomb that and you hear this in the middle of like uh which which state is it again why no why uh wisconsin wyoming wyoming, 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 wyoming. Yeah. yeah you just hear this uh a londoner or something yeah. it's so amazing this might like- i suggest that we yeah. implement a system where this 
place will mirror the United States of America itself. Oh, that was just, just so different. funny. Just Keeled laughed over. at it. Even his reactions, just his, oh, yes, of course. Like, it's like 3PO meets. Leaning over to my wife, like, yeah. I told you I loved this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, in your podcast, you criticised uh, Michael Madsen, rightfully yes. so, because he just looked so out of place. Yeah, he looks he, too contemporary. He looks, like he looks, he looks emo. Yeah. Like he, he looks like Johnny Depp. Kylie, Kylie Ren. You know, his outfit yeah. was um, reminding me of Marty McFly's in Back to the Future 3, yeah. where he wears like a modern interpretation of a cowboy outfit. And they're like, what's this dude it up egg sucker? You know that? Yeah. And like when, he, when, he, put a, when he put a scarf around his um, neck, he yeah. didn't look like a cowboy. He looked like the bedroom philosopher. Yeah. Or he looks like he was in, um, <laughs> in uh, My Chemical Romance. Yeah. yeah. It's, he seems so out of place because he's got a terrible dye job. I mean, it's not even a yeah, terrible you dye job. Yeah, his hair is is just pitch black. it's pitch black. Yeah, whereas it's everyone else is. Gr- I love I love realizing how old Sam Jackson is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, such, uh, it's so, Guys it's so fucking it makes great. his performance so much more powerful. Yeah, exactly. Um, Do you guys think it was a sympathy role? Do you think uh, Tarantino was like no? Because he was so fucking good in Kill Bill Two. Like yeah. he's he, that's one of the best. The that's one of my favorite Tarantini performances. Remember, that's eleven years ago. Yeah, What's I happened? mean, Madsen still got. Yeah, but what had he done? What had he done between in, in between? Um, uh, was he was he in Jackie Brown? Yeah, Jackie Brown. No, no, no he's not, not in Jackie in Brown. A... Kill Bill Two is the last. Thing I he's think been you're in. thinking of um, the Tarantini verse. Well, he's in Reservoir Dogs, and then is he is he in? Is that I think you're thinking of Michael? That's Keaton. it. He's only in Res Dogs, Kill Bill, and this. yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, of course. But but he hadn't done shit like that. I like that I'd seen between. Yeah, there's a lot of straight to video. There's a lot too. of uh, yeah, yeah. unsavory. Like a lot of probably fake mafia movies and stuff. Yeah, like, that. like when you can't get this guy or this guy or this guy. But I loved his voice. I thought his voice was really good. He sounded great. Yeah, especially when he was yelling about the door and just like this, like, this fucked. Yeah. That was an amazing, like, rusty nail recurring voice, joke, yeah. which shouldn't yeah. have been a joke, and it just worked though. It, it was worked. so funny every time. Especially when you you know you see the scene that that Explains opening it. the door scene exactly yeah. from yeah. from their perspective. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good. That device. was a good movie. I want to see it again. Yeah, it's I, fun. Yeah, it's whereas I saw Django Unchained and I was like, that was fun. Like it, Django Unchained, really, really fucking good up until like I, I love the scene where spoiler alert, uh, Christoph Waltz's character dies. dies yeah. yeah, I think that, that's and, and that taking scene me and, and the lead up to him. that scene is just incredible scene ever when you both I think the, know. I think the movie up until like you know like a, a scene or two after that's great, but it's that, that final act. I just yeah. Think is, just unnecessary. I don't even I think don't... of it as a final act. It's almost like the epilogue because it's like that's how it's just. Uh, it's all part of the one big act. It's, it's a just... structurally, it's an odd film because I agree with what you guys are saying, but the way I see it is that it's a trilogy of films in one film. Right. Yeah, like sure. the first act is he's freed. It's the origin. He starts doing the bounty hunting, and then you find out he's got a, his own story with his wife. The second story is him going uh, undercover, and they try to find they find his wife. And then the third story is the revenge, where he yeah. goes back. And what's interesting, yeah, I was reading. Works. Um, as soon as I watch a film, I just go straight on IMDb and look at every fact. Even I've watched the movie before and read the facts. Mm. And one was uh, Tarantino. He's got like 40... Tarantini, sorry. has said <laughs> he's got you. like 45 minutes cut from uh, Django. And rather than do a long cut, he would like to do it as a four-part miniseries. Yeah. Because he thinks it would be easy to digest and it's structured that yeah, way. Yeah, that's cool. And it's completely what you just said then. It's, it reminds me of like a comic series, that film. Like you could have like the origin arc or it even reminds me, I was saying to you the other day, yeah. Alexi, it was like a superhero film. It's like you get the... Or, like, or a trilogy, but in one. It's yeah, like actually, the origin story. There's, oh yeah, the comic. Was they Zorro. released a comic book version yeah. of... Uh, of 
um, Django Unchained and I bought every issue and I have not read one of them. Is there an art reading? by Aaron Guerra who, who did Scout with Jason Aaron which oh, yeah, right. man. And I love bragged about. Zorro, yeah. isn't it? Uh, Django and Zorro. I'm reading that now. That's a sequel. Is they it did, good? It's uh, Django and Zorro. It's cool. It's set um, after the Django Unchained movie and it's Zorro is now like a 60-year-old man and it's kind of about the Baron of Arizona, which is like a famous true story that was turned into a Samuel Fuller movie in the right. 1960s. This guy knows his flims. Yes, I'm extremely cool, dude. He has a great knowledge of the history of cinema. Um, so we've only talked about the dudes in Hateful Eight. What oh, about Jennifer lady. Jason Lee? She's amazing. amazing. She's oh, amazing. So, so I have a polarizing uh, filmic relationship with Jennifer Jason Lee because she's been in some of my favorite movies. Spill mm-hmm. the band. And she's been... Pretty annoying in some of my some of my not so favorite. Hit movies. the face. Hit like hit the I, face. I know a lot of people criticize her performance in um, Hudsucker Proxy, the uh-huh. Coen Brothers movie about the screwball fifties uh, office one, which yeah. I love so yeah. much. Uh, I, but I love her in that. I think she's really really good in that. Um, she kind of plays like this like up and get him kind of career gal. Mm. It's super awesome. But um, I don't know. I, um, you brought up the anniversary party. Yeah, um, I love that movie. And, and I, I had a, a a friend who was as into movies as you are in yeah. high school that that forced that movie upon me. And I love that there's going to be good scenes, but I don't think she's very good in it. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't really remember her performance too much. I just really think it's a strong little ensemble film. And yeah, she's well, also John, the director with Alan Cumming of that. Yeah, film. yeah. John C. Riley. Oh, oh you know, Alan Cumming is also not very good in that movie, in my opinion. They probably John they C. Riley too many hats. Yeah, yeah. John C. Riley's great. I love Kevin Klein. Phoebe Coates is great to see her Coates. coming back. That's I don't know how to pronounce the name. I say Coates. Is it Kates? Nah, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'll admit that I'm wrong on that. But isn't it just C A T A E S? I think it's O C O A. T-E-S. We'll never know. There's no way of us to find out. Oh, she's dead. Everyone related to her is dead. <laughs> Everybody that knows her is dead. And um, also, Sorry, guys. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is a small little cameo in that movie. I think she's great in it too. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting movie that I haven't revisited since I was in high school, so I maybe I should rewatch it. Um, she was also in one of the most dog shit movies I've ever seen. Um, Todd Solondz's movie... Uh, oh, fuck, what the hell was it called? Um, uh, it was about a, a girl who's abused when she's a kid. Is it like all 10 different versions of it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. The hell I don't was know. that piece of shit? Uh, I know that one. Is it Safe? Or is that Todd Haynes? No. Be, I know the one yes, you mean. Todd Haynes. Yeah. I hate Todd Solons. What are your I've thoughts? I've never Todd seen... No, Todd Solons. Never... Levin's fucking hates you if you're listening. <laughs> Todd Solons is someone I've never delved into before. I've never seen Happiness. Well, let me tell you about Happiness. It ain't that happy. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but whatever the hell this it's movie got John was John Lovitz called. in it, so I'll probably will see it one day. My favourite comedian. Jennifer Jason Leigh plays this little girl at one point. Like an iteration of this you know, young girl who has an abortion when she's like... Nine or something. Oh, brutal! Yeah, yeah. it's pretty and strange. It's not. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not a good movie. I don't go in for hardship films usually. This guy's not about hardship. Yeah, I Let's like. Be honest. I, you know, it 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 turns me off sometimes. Misery to like, movies to feel bad. I don't like to watch movies to feel bad. Sad very often. porn. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ooh, that person's got it so bad. Because like, often yeah. I feel like the point is not to. It's like I like to enjoy film, and I feel like those. 
unenjoyable even to just appreciate appreciate them. See also 75% of Australian movies. <laughs> yeah, well I like Australian cinema. I'll go in for that. So really if it was Aussie, I would Are change you just my saying mind. that because you go to afters and you're going to get like grilled if you don't No, say but I like to see my own culture presented on screen. What, your, your, your culture of being like a, a criminal who's addicted to heroin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love <laughs> Getting square. That's or my favorite Aussie sin- flick. And that's what it's about. I love bad eggs. Yeah, I do love bad eggs. I'll stand up for Tony Martin's bad eggs Guys, any I don't know day. about you. I'm a city mouse and I'm just going to the country and I don't know what to expect. And I hope there's a bunch of crazy characters that can annoy me, but I soon come to love. That sounds like a great that's another. You've got to pitch that. Yeah, I know. I, pitch got, that to Screen Oz. It's got, heaps of, it's got Screen Oz written all over it, baby. So we were trying, we were attempting to, uh, to praise Jennifer, Jennifer Jason, Jason Lee. In this, but she's so good. And I was worried that in the first, the first few times you hear her speak, because her character is trying to be creepy and weird, mm. I was like, oh no, Jennifer Jason Lee's gone too weird for this yeah. movie. But God, she like she kills it. She's so she's a badass. She's in that so movie. good. Yeah. In this movie. Like, she's yeah. ruthless as hell, yeah. especially when you see like. Towards the end, and uh, you know, uh, certain people she may know pop up, and you're just like, she's in charge. She's calling the shots. Like she is the mastermind. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I love her performance. I love performances like this where it's kind of like they're playing an animal. Like yes. it's yeah. not a human performance. Yeah. It's really animalistic. Like this grubby little like, dog, little shots, mutt. It reminded me of The Exorcist again. Just mm. to say, I think I'm thinking when you know she's covered in blood, she's yeah. missing teeth, and she's doing that cackling laugh. Like, yeah, so animalistic and pri- and you're like. Yuck, that's disgusting, but holy shit, she's like an attractive, normal-looking woman outside of this film. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, when I say normal-looking, I mean she has all of her teeth. Uh, you got to in Hollywood. I and guess. she's not yeah. covered in her own blood. blood. And other Someone's people's blood. Someone's vomited blood. blood. <laughs> yeah. her Channing Tatum's brain matter and stew. Oh, and he's nuts. <laughs> oh, he's nuts. Oh, no, Channing shoots nuts. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, okay. I love also the last few movies. Every Tarantini film has someone's getting blown up it's just oh. like this amazing trope we're given yeah shit Inglorious Bastards yeah this Django and Django yeah. and it's um thingy who's in Hateful Eight gets his nuts shot off by Django Sheriff yeah Walton Wal- yeah Walton, Walton gets Goggins. his nuts um Teeny loves off. those testes yeah when he goes fuck you to Django feet, and he's like feet, feet and testes silent, you hill, <laughs> it's actually um, yeah, it's a cameo performance in, uh, in his next movie where he's gonna be the one that squeezes the testes <laughs> just his hands Oof. Uh, are, we, are we forgetting any other performances? I loved seeing um, Zoe, yeah, uh, New Zealand girl. Zoe yeah, Bell. Zoe Bell was great. Um, Pop up. She was I, basically I, playing like Calamity Jane, and it was awesome. Like yeah. she ruled. She was so good. And Six Horse so, Sally was her name. Like, so sad to me to see like, like I mean, obviously, like you know. I'm you know they're gonna die. Everyone that dies in that scene, but yeah. especially like she was just so like sunny and helpful so and great, yeah. and you're like, oh man, she's gonna die. Was it like Six a, Horse Sally was that her name? Or something? something like that. Yeah, yeah. Six Horse Sally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. she was great. Literally, why they yeah. call you Six Horse? Because I'm the only one that rides six horses. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just love unexplained why New Zealand is like deep yeah. in the snow in Wyoming, but they attempt to. <laughs> and there's a a real contrast between those early that earlier that day scene with the rest of the film because it is very bright and sunny and everyone's real happy yeah. being around um, and just the look of it's real different because it kind of looks it's like nice. a nice sunny yeah. day in there. Yeah, yeah. I, was I don't think it is too. still snow but when, when you're inside it feels very warm. 
uh, in contrast to the, the very cold look of the film and how blue yeah. the the rest of the film is. Yeah. And it's a cold movie, and I don't know whether it's because um, holy fuck, the it was were so cranking the air conditioning dude, today. But I was I had to get a sweater, which I didn't even. I brought a sweater just in case because I was wearing shorts and t shirt. Then I just start like making this horrible like makeshift uh, blanket out of it because I was freezing during yeah. the film. Yeah. Dude, I was I was in these 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 same shorts and t shirt yeah. that you see in front of you. Uh, and I just smashed a large frozen Coke. Oh, baby. Like, way, well before the movie even started. Oh, well, naturally. I was cold on the inside cool. and out, and yeah. that AC was cranking. Yeah. I reckon it's the coldest I've ever been. It was so cold. Really? I was freezing. In it. And I, is that because there's so much damn snow, do you think? Probably. Psychologically? I, I think that could be a thing. Definitely. Yeah. I mean... Because yeah. in a way, the snow is a character in this movie. <laughs> Oh, you know man. who was a character? I reckon this movie? it should be known for New York. An Oscar. I mean, New it's, York. Not, yeah, yeah. it's not mentioned, but you know it's nearby, <laughs> just because it's in the states. And I'm like, man, New York, you've done it again. <laughs> uh, what about our boy, the the, the Hey Fan poster boy, Channing Tatum? Yeah, like we haven't even. Let's talk about a uh, secret, uh, not secret, but like the surprise when the credits are rolling at the start. Yeah, the definitely. Tarantini films, you get those credits at the start. He's a member of the guild. He has to do it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that when I saw CT pop up, I knew it there. I forgot about it. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I didn't know about that going in. Uh, I don't know. He's one of the performances I'm not that into in the film. Like, I don't think really? he's bad or anything. I think he's fine and serviceable. He does what he needs to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a moving part. He's not one of the hateful eight, for example, you know. Yeah. He's the hateful And his brains mate. go everywhere. He's a hateful mate. He's kind of in it on the side, but he's someone you call if you're lonely. Yeah. The one problem I have with it as well, it's kind of, I, I don't. It's a little bit of a step to see him and Jennifer Jason Lee as siblings. Yeah. There's- Again, is that another lie we're told? I mean... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. We, there's no... That's what I kept thinking. Like, just what... If I, that... that, that played across my mind are they siblings I mean we don't know their story maybe they're step siblings maybe they're adoptive siblings yeah. we don't know anything back in the day but it's okay you can be ugly and toothless and have Channing Tatum as a sibling like, I guess they should have got man. Jason Lee that would have been great because <laughs> that's easier to believe yeah. they've got mostly the same name <laughs> that's all it takes hey I don't need to see this DNA test <laughs> yeah and uh, Channing Tatum could have killed someone oh, sorry Jason Lee as the brother could have killed someone by offering 
someone a chocolate pretzel yeah. to the nuts. <laughs> it works. More what a way to go rare. out. Um, we didn't mention Kurt Russell. Oh, Kurt Russell, best facial hair in the film, mm. hands down. He did a, Kurt he did Russell's a w- facial hair is the best character in this film after New York, actually. He did what, uh, <laughs> what um, Jeff Bridges should have done in True Grit. Yeah. I really like Jeff Bridges' performance in True Grit. <laughs> I think it's great. I thought Kurt, I was, again, spoiler territory right now. I'm glad that he died, but because it was a brave move to kill like one of the first names in the film, like yeah. kind of early on. Tarantini always does that. Always though. does that, but I was also bummed because I like legitimately was loving his and um, Jennifer Jason Lee's weird Stockholm Syndrome relationship. Yeah, I like, like that too. One minute he's punching her in the face, which is quite horrific to see uh, mm, for a number always. of reasons, but then he's like... Feeding her and saying, "Here, wipe your face," and it's just this giving, putting a shot in her coffee for a Tarantino yeah. movie. It was probably like one of the most one intimate snake bite in that coffee. Yeah. It's one of the most like intimate relationships you've yeah. ever seen in his films because it's usually who, who a bit was of just a um, me that, sausage um, uh, party. You know what I mean? Or it's like a who was that? Was that? Oh, that was uh, one of the greatest <laughs> actors of all time, Snake Plissken. <laughs> oh wait, what'd you yeah. say? Call me Snake. No, he, I, yeah. like, he just did a Louis Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um, but. I think, yeah, it's a really interesting <laughs> relationship in that film as well. I think yeah. it's so sick. Especially that scene where he's like, yeah, play the guitar. Is that the song you were humming in the in the Sedgeco yeah. show? It's actually really I mean, beautiful. think about his other films' relationships. Res Dogs, there's kind of maybe an allusion to a homosexual relationship that Unicorses love to delve into. Pulp Fiction, we know Marcella and Mia Wallace, but they're not at all intimate in any way. They're kind of just... They're not even on screen together. Oh, one when he's on the phone and she's in the background. Yeah. Making. Like, that's it. Um, yeah. And it goes on, but there's just, I mean, Kill Bill even, like the intimacy is this final scene, which is kind of, it I mean, rem- there's a kitchen in it. I think if you put a kitchen and a conversation between two people, that's a level of intimacy because it's kind of yeah. people in their guard down. Bastards, you know, just do. It's probably most like um, Jackie Brown, the relationship between Pam Robert Greer Foster. and Robert Forster, yeah. because uh, that is platonic with kind of hints towards yeah. romantic and it's all developed through um, the a shared plan. love of music and it's really ge- like gently pushed forward with a really nice uh, nostalgic use of music. Django also, Django and his wife, but again, that's more of like a rescue the princess yeah, type of relationship. Yeah, exactly. And the, her, she's not really a, a well-built character. Hey, uh, she ain't too bad built if you ask me. <laughs> a um, What about Sorry, poor, poor old OB? Oh, OB. Yeah. Best sunglasses in a Tarantino film, hands down. Best shades and best uh, d- uh, corks hanging off Best character room. named after a great Korean beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that um, Jason Parks who plays him? James yeah. Parks? James Parks. James Parks, yeah, yeah. Michael Parks' son. Yeah. I think he's really great in the movie. It's a really strong kind of bit funny, silly performance. He's been in a bunch. He's been, what, Kill Bill Vol 2? Yeah. Dust Till Dawn. He was in... Oh, he's in, yeah, he's from Dust Till Dawn. I think he's in the sequel from Dust Till Dawn. I think he's in and part he one comes, as well. No, yeah. you're right. His dad's only in part one. Yeah. yeah. I think he's great. I haven't seen him too much. I'm not familiar with him. Well, I haven't seen him not be like a sheriff's son, you know? Yeah, exactly. Hey, daddy. Oh, what's, yeah, yeah, it was great. I thought he was really cool. And it just kind of showed the difference between what a genuinely nice yeah. worker person is. Like someone that we could would probably be more like us in this yeah. really... Yeah. And just him snapping was world. great, and it's like, can you go out and do that? And he's just yeah. like, like that was cool. That was nice to see, like that, uh, that and veiled I, fool. And it, he's got an interesting relationship with all the characters in the film because he's not there. He's just kind of like the bystander, if anything. He's also the first line of dialogue we've 
uh, yeah. accent and you're like you think he might be a major but he's not you know he's kind of like this stagecoach and yeah. all the people that were cool. led to that we're feeling out as the villains of the piece they still care for him too yeah. because he's just like a nice guy you yeah. sympathize with him like yeah. he's the you're right he's like the the guy you uh, he's the Luke Skywalker so to speak <laughs> yeah like, he's the audience you surrogate him. Yeah, yeah exactly um, another thing we haven't spoken about in detail and we don't have to but uh, at least mention it that goddamn score yeah, yeah Morricone's I mean oh. Tarantini's normally You know he has some Original stuff in his films uh, Especially some of his Later ones But he's a guy Who made his careers uh, His soundtrack I guess Curation based off Like picking songs That he loved Like kind of rare 50s, 60s, 70s stuff And new Funk, stuff Funk, surf rock yeah. And then later movies Just sw- dropping in Some ghost face killer Or something well, or The, some the White Stripes song In this I That was, was amazing was so No I fucking hated it I was, Did you? Because I love that any Ennio Morricini, um, yeah. <laughs> Tarantini. Is it um, the only? Because non- well, he's only ever he's only ever used parts of Ennio Morricone's uh, score for from Django. the past mm. for Django. Uh, did, did he create anything new for Django? No, no. Because oh, didn't he did? But it was like part of a song. I think it was part right. of the, it. Was yeah. that it wasn't a straight uh, up score? It was Nosoroqui or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like I love, like there's. He uses like four of the fucking sickest pieces of music in Inglorious Bastards. This one has this amazing bed that do do. Do you know what I read about it today? That it is Morricone's unused score for the thing. Whoa! Yes, that's right. Oh wait, so he didn't make it especially for this. So no, he didn't make it especially for this. Right, I thought it was pretty much retired. Yeah, right. And he was just like, yeah, take this. You can use it. It was amazing. It's incredible. I mean, it's performed again. It's a new recording, obviously. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The manuscripts were old. Yeah, that's right. But it's yeah. So what a movie though. So suits this film. And yeah, but and I didn't realize this. I saw it with a friend for the second time, and he said, "Oh, it's kind of like the thing," and it is because like it is. Uh, Kurt Russell in this one location in trying to figure storm. out who's lying yeah. in this snowstorm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, one little bit of triv that I uh, that I liked was that oh. the f- in the uh, the end credits, uh, the the second person to have a credit after Quentin Tarantino is the um, special effects and makeup. Yeah, guys, and Greg I, I, Nicotero. I, I, and I think stuff. That, like that was him, like going like, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a gruesome, disgusting affair, and it was all thanks to these guys. Yeah, yeah that was great. One other thing, Chris, I noticed is, um, especially after seeing Django Unchained again, is that he puts that what is usually one of the very last things you see in the credits, which is no animals were harmed in Straight this away. film. Yeah. He puts it really early on because he said, I saw an interview with it because I was like, this is bizarre. I need to follow up on this. And it's because he wants the audience to be at ease because it is so gruesome. Like a lot of stuff will happen to horses so it's a in the last few movies. Uh, it's transaction like, you're making with him. It's like, yeah, yeah he's you've just seen like, some fucked up shit, but hey, none of it was real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Because that's, yeah, Django, first thing you see, uh, after like the house blows up and they ride off. It's yeah. Like, no animals are harmed and it's like oh the credits have started weird yeah, yeah, yeah. chucks it up early the yeah, movie the movie finished and I looked at my phone and I'd gotten um, three text messages from police officers <laughs> due to some funny shit that went down earlier in the week you badass uh, uh, so I left before those end credits were done was there any post credits madness? No, nothing. Well, yeah, you did, see um, Sam, Sam Jackson's Jackson? character lying there, but then the door opens and amidst the storm, in yeah. walks a leather trench coat. <laughs> you just see <laughs> foot. Fury. You see a, a pants, with a, with pants a, pair, black leather boots. a pair of yeah. gold nuts. Yeah. And he's like, hey, son, heard you needed a new pair of these. <laughs> heard you drop these. And then you go, ah, uh, uh, mm. you need to join the Avengers initiative to get these. And then they look at the camera and go, you're here we go again. Be- you're not going to believe this, but I'm your great, great, great grandson. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if only. Yeah. That's why I liked about this Sam Jackson character as well, is that he felt kind of like 
Tarantino really knows how to use the guy, and he felt kind of like a, almost an ancestor to his Jules character. Yeah, he felt Definitely. like Jules. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like older, wiser, and just like knowing how to play the game just as well. I mean, speaking about that, uh, Tarantino and every person who gets stoned and goes on the internet knows mm. that uh, there is like a shared universe. And the fact from this one is uh, Tim Roth's character is a great descendant of Fassbender's character in Bastards. Same surname. Same oh, oh, wow. So that's the why he's like, yeah, I actually play the great grandfather, I think, of um, Michael Fassbender's that's character cool. in Bastards. That's awesome. So you go, stoners, you don't have to uh, <laughs> light one up and jump on Reddit tonight. You can just take that fact to the bank. But feel free to do it, fellas. Do what you love. Pass it to the left-hand side, all right? Mm, baby, I love to smoke weeds. <laughs> While you watch the box set of Weeds. Yeah, baby. Seasons one, two, and three, all good. But when Albert Brooks comes in, quit watching it. Hey, you can go That's find Nemo. That's- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go um, find Nemo some more, boy. So let's let's try and do the impossible. Uh, we're gonna, let's rate our, uh, our our Tarantini movies mm. from yep. bottom to top, and we'll, let's try and let's try and agree on a list. Okay, uh, you know anyone can, any fucking schmuck can get three dickheads together. So we're doing to- the whole list. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start at the bit separate. We're we all going like no. We're gonna we're gonna decide on. It. We're gonna put our cases forward. We're gonna we're gonna okay. work this out, guys. Even if it'll take all night. Wow, this is exciting and perhaps boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of worried. I think we should make it kind of fast because we might have some. Uh... Yeah, we'll, we'll push it on. You all have right. five. You have five. Five. Okay, let's do the bottom. Probably death proof. Yeah, death proof. I'm not yeah, going to argue with that. Now, I know Tarantino's is. Is he being, getting the benefit of the doubt and deciding on retrospect which numbers his films are? Because I know Kill Bill is yeah. one big film, but technically there's Volume 1 and Volume 2. And so when he says Hateful Eight is his eighth film, that's according to if you split Kill Bill 1 yeah. and 2 in half. But if you decide it's one film, then Death Proof becomes his film. But he's also said Death Proof is an anthology film. I mean, what are we doing here? I need yeah. some clarification. I need Disney to buy Tarantino so we get a clear what canon. What fucking canon, Tarantini? I need Pablo a- Hildalgini. you got to get on this, baby. <laughs> Pablo Hidalgo's. Get Where are you? My only hope. But um, are we going to be including Death Proof? And yes. Assuming Kill Bill is... Two separate. Two films? separate. So two we're going to say he's got yeah. nine films. Yes. Okay. Um, so death proof at the bottom. Death proof at the bottom. Everybody Although says I will that. say that I actually had, I was lucky enough to see, I was in America when that came yeah. out. Yes. When Grindhouse came out. I saw Grindhouse at um, the Cheval here. Oh, it's the way, it's the way you're supposed to see it. Yeah. Yeah. So much Without better. I saw it on Blu-ray. All, all the great little uh, uh, trailers in the and middle. And it loses like trailers uh, are so great. How, you know, there's fucking two machete movies now, isn't that? Yeah. Funny? I think there's like a third one getting made, like machete in space. Who's watching them? Who's making them? Who's getting together? Which crew is actively going, ah, yes, I will come back to work on another machete. <laughs> look, death- See you next year. Yeah. Death Proof still, I really like watching it. Yeah, that's... Um, what I think I- it's fun. It seems like... like It's more of a horror film. Like, he's made like a horror, oh, a horror slasher movie. film. It's yeah. cool. And I, I like it's interesting to see him play in that little uh, sandbox. I just hated the scratched film and all that shitty artifacts. Like, Tarantino doesn't need to do that to make yeah. the film seem... To like it's a tribute or an exploitation film. Like he well, did. Yeah, so, well, now I've got the the the, the on I've the, had a lazy on the Blu-ray film. box set of the, all these movies yeah. that I got. It, it's like scratchy free. Oh, cool. oh that's good. Regular. Um, but also, that's just really, is it like saying like this is the scratch-free version? No, I, I watched it. It was just like a regular. Oh wow, movie. that's yeah. great. That's how it should be seen. Like the scratch thing was shit. It was just. It seemed like it's something fake. he would turn his nose at and be like, "Why yeah. would you scratch up a film to make it look old?" Like it just seemed really out of character for him. Yeah, I think um, while we're about to really delve into this. I think Tarantino when we're Sorry, like Tarantini. saying Tarantini, Tarantini excuse <laughs> I think he's a teeny that- weeny little twin Tarantini <laughs> he's made some like all these films are really great 
great. Like the differences between like a four star film and a five star film. That's it. So yeah. it's like ranking them. Like you don't feel bad that one of your favorites is getting towards the bottom listener totally. because it's cool. I like it's still it as a well. Yeah. Still think it's fucking great. And it's just a goddamn podcast, and we're just drunk with power, and we're going to do the impossible and rank movies despite the fact none of us have directed a single film. It's cool. I've comparing. made some shorts, and I'm actually Australia's film critic, bad boy. Hey, listen here, eat my shorts because tonight you're going to be. Uh, <laughs> I'm a trained filmmaker. You're going to be ranking these Tarantinis whether you like it or not. Yeah, I'm like. doing it. Um, I, it was. It's cool comparing Kurt Russell's like kind of pathetic, whimpering fool that he becomes at the end of Death Proof. Yeah, and then comparing his, his character in, in Hateful Eight. Yeah. I think I like that uh, transition in Death Proof. Him being this cocky, like sexed Scary. up, stupid freak, and then by the end of it, being the whimpering fool. Like I think yeah. that's awesome, and I do like that. Girl power ending, you know, with all these. Totally, oh, so sick. it's awesome. It's it's and, and then it, yeah, it cops the heel to the face, and it's yeah. a great chase as well. Like it is a sweet chase, and you know that he, it's all in camera, and you know it's no CG, yeah. and stuff like that. Like that is very cool. I remember reading an interview with him when he was talking about making that, and um, he references like that there hasn't really been that many great, there hadn't been very many great chase scenes in movies leading Since up like to that Mad but he does mention the opening of uh, Final Destination 2 yeah. yeah with the incredible auto accident yeah it's amazing one of my favourite scenes in cinema yeah. yeah basically that's the whole trailer for the film <laughs> I think next up I've got th- I, I haven't seen Reservoir Dogs in a really long time oh you're not gonna do, we're, we're not gonna agree on this thing. yeah it's just not one that I've been excited to revisit or it's anything fine. like that I can totally but do that I don't know if I would put it there because I also would maybe even put Hateful Eight just above it Sure. Right. Because I bet still Hateful Eight, I still really like it. That's why it's probably yeah. going to be controversial because, but it shouldn't be because I think they're all great. So I would put Django as my second least sure. favorite. Yeah, I, I like Django a lot, but, you know, I, I can put it there. I'll be happy to put it there. Put what, Django there? Yeah. See, I'm going to put Jackie Brown there. I think it's great. Like, oh, said. no. This is where Jackie Brown is like tied with Inglorious so well, Bastards. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's. I love Jackie Brown so much. I Just think it's his most someone- mature film. It's his most sensitive film. And I think the reason that hasn't left as big of a cultural footprint as Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction is because it people were anticipating something like that. Yeah. They weren't expecting like this really somber, sensitive, gentle film. And it's not based on one of his stories. It's based on an yes, exploitation novel, Rum Punch. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not exploitation. It's just Elmore Leonard's Elmore great Leonard, crime yeah. writer. And it's people weren't anticipating something like that. They, weren't, they, didn't, they expected like hitmen to talk about burgers and they yeah. it just let them down but I think it is still I think it's his best film with Inglourious wow. Bastards See, again, it was I my, love it me putting it there is like you putting Hateful Eight there like I think it's fantastic yeah. uh, or Django sorry but I just don't have the need to revisit as much as some of the other ones yeah and that's for whether I don't know why like the last time I watched it was probably 10 years ago Right. Well, okay, so, so the way this works is uh, two of us have to be on board with it being in a certain in a certain place. Oh, really? So, are there rules to this? There are rules. Oh, okay. We're creating them as we go. This it's so not weird. boring at all. I'll uh, allow Django. I'll agree Jack- with you on Django. Okay. So my beautiful Jackie doesn't get so close to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. So we'll go. Uh, <laughs> um, death proof down the bottom. Yeah. Yep. Django. Django number no, second worst. I would then put hateful eight third worst. I'm agree. Okay. You're getting boxed out. I'm having a look. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. All no, right. I'd put Django next for me. I prefer... Oh, no, we've like, already settled. We've Django's already settled. the second so what, What's the point of me even doing this? If I have my own opinion. <laughs> there's two. There's two. There's, it's two. You, we, we, get to, we get to vote Jackie yeah. Brown next. Don't worry. No. <laughs> it's I'm so saying good. Django next. This is the Angus list. 
the All right, Jengis. Jengis. Okay, Jengis. I'm doing my own list yeah, too. Do I'm doing my own list. Jengis Unchained. Group think list. Angus is the only child and yeah. needs his own list. I didn't get the rules. I wasn't listening properly. I was too busy looking at all the movies. I wanted to create a fun challenge. It's not a challenge. It's like a <laughs> shitty thing where everyone's a winner and you go home and you're like, well, we all got best participation. But the no worst, really the worst part is that I was like, yeah, also they're all great films and we're putting like, it doesn't matter the order. And Stern was like, no, I disagree. It's the best one. No um, one said this would be easy, guys. And I guess it, will, it is impossible. Yeah, let's not do it. <laughs> <laughs> we, all right. we can all agree on one thing. Death Proof is his no. worst. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we and then it gets that. a little murky, but let's go straight to the best. All right. Well, you've already done your best. Yeah, Inglorious. Oh, you all agree? Jackie. Was Jackie Brown. I, I think they're close to time, but I put Inglorious just above it. By yeah, I think Inglorious for me, I also think it's narratively speaking, it came after Death Proof. And so mm. I was just like, oh, Tarantino, don't Kevin Smith out on us now and yeah. like, do something that we thought you would be, like, be above. Pulp later. Fiction too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're 30 years older because you care. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, and it was such a good surprise and it looked beautiful. It was a beautiful script. And he was saying for years it was his masterpiece. And yeah. Well, he, well, he says at the end of the movie. This is my, I think yeah. I've finally done it. My masterpiece, it's a final line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's his first gorgeous film. It's his first film that's yes. like beyond competently shot. It's like masterfully shot. It plays with symmetry a lot, which he's never really done before. No. And it's truly gorgeous. Beautiful haunting score in part. Oh, great. Um, funny, but also a movie where the great visuals, use of I a think... Bowie song. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great use of a Bowie song. Um, the visuals match the dialogue, which for a long time, his dialogue is what everybody remembered as opposed to the visuals. Yeah. I think a lot of people thought of him as a writer first, and then there's like, oh, he directs his own I work as well. I think actor, then. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, him in... Uh, come on, him in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Oh, he's good in that. I, hey, I'll give him a His girlfriend buys the shit coffee, all right? <laughs> I think it's... Um, and he says the N-word 30 times in yeah. that movie. I think he... In, in Glorious Bastards, we see him like kind of evolve as an actual filmmaker as well. Yeah. I'm glad he took the time. That shows that, like, taking time and not rushing shit mm. and sitting on a masterpiece and having the uh, 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 distribution and production company trust you, letting you sit on that for a long time, pays off. Right. Yeah. Okay, so is, is that we're all going to agree that's number one. Yeah. yeah. So that's funny. So, like, even though you guys said, like, this is a fucking impossible task. Fuck you, Levins. Yeah. You'll have the shittest ideas. No, we're not going to say that. And I that. quote. Oh, my God. we got to get your self-esteem we, we, up. We, we You're settled, a national hero. We settled on... Uh, <laughs> we settled on... The we, we agree that... deserves right now, but not the one we need. <laughs> we agree on the, 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 the top and the bottom ones. But yeah. It's, it's in the middle. The unimportant ones that don't that matter to us the most. But a lot of people would disagree with us about Inglorious Bastards. I think people... I will, do too. People will probably still put pop You disagree with us? No, I think people would disagree. <laughs> yeah, people I think, put Pulp Fiction first, Kill Bill one first, like things that yeah. I think had a huge. I would also say impact. Kill Bill one's not even the best Kill Bill movie. Really? No, so Kill, Kill Bill one's pretty close to the bottom of my list. Yeah, really? I like Kill, Kill, Kill Bill two. two is my second favorite to Tarantini. Oh really? Kill Bill Why two is, is that? Oh man, I love. I just think I think I I, I saw Kill Bill one after be, like you know after everyone in my life hyped it up to me. Like, oh yeah. my god, it's so sure. fucking crazy. You like anime, bro? There's anime in this. <laughs> you like. <laughs> I saw and, it opening and day and then immediately had a car accident and then drove back with a broken car to watch it again to relax. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then wow. told my parents, I'm like, I've seen Kill Bill twice and smashed the car. And um, like, oh, why did you do that? I thought, he, I think Kill Bill one, he d- tries to do so much mm. and it, it's like, it's, it's fun on a rewatch actually. Yeah. But the first time I saw it, I was like, what just fucking happened? What? Yeah. Why, like, why did he do really? this? Yeah. I was lapping it up because I was at, like, uh, I was heaps into Asian cinema at oh, the time, thanks. guys. <laughs> uh, it was, I don't know. I thought it was like, 
finally seeing a lot of fringe shit that I was watching yeah. and importing online like on a big screen and I wasn't mad about that where sometimes you can get precious and be like great now everyone knows about Sonny Chiba or something like that this time it was like fuck yeah that was great I was really into that well that's who he is as like kind of a film historian the angle of him is that he'll bring uh, attention to things to the masses yeah. like in Jackie Brown it's like great soul music that he sure. brings out to people and then like you're saying Kill Bill it's like Sonny Chiba and yeah. like uh, anime but Kill Bill 2 really stood out for me because he does so much less. Yeah. All the scenes are so yeah. much longer. It's like a, that's a Western Kill Bill 2, basically. It's the oh, first absolutely. Western. Like, yeah. I know everyone said Django, and he even said it's his first, like, kind yeah. of Western. But Kill Bill 2, from the w- opening wedding scene to, like, yeah, the, the score at the end when... It he feels like a spaghetti Western. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The grave, so everything. All the stuff coming back to her training and all that. Yeah, like, in the, in the trailer so in the desert. Yeah, it's and it, that's the Western. It, there's violent parts throughout that movie, but they're so... You, you, you wait for them, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. like, there's like maybe three, but it's so purposeful scenes though. Scenes of violence in it. It's mm. so purposeful. Like, I think Kill Bill One's like this smorgasbord of violence, and then Two's like, let's slow back, and you know, now it's the character. It's yeah. like, it's and I think we'll ever get to see the whole bloody affair. It's aired, it's screened a few times. Isn't I think it? they screened it once or twice, or like and a it, few events. I had the Japanese DVD, and that's the um, Crazy Eighty Eight sequence in color. Yeah, and I know it has that in there. But I love the fact I was like there was that rumor going around that, oh, it was being censored. And he's like, no, it wasn't censored. Like, yeah. you can show that violence in a film. He just liked the idea of having a slightly more violent Japanese version existing. Yeah. And I like that. It's just That's kind of so cool. stupid. It's like creating your own legend. Like, yeah. making sure as a director and the pro- like one of the producers that you- only a certain region gets to see that. And yeah. I kind of like that myth-making uh, thing about that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Right, so that's my number two. What, what, sure. what are your number twos? Jackie Brown, baby. It's going to be Pulp Fiction, just how much that movie affected me and unfortunately opened the door for a lot of shit imitators. (laughs) Uh, But it's going to be Pulp Fiction. Like that film is just so ahead of its time still. It's such a perfectly written script. It's got a great soundtrack. It did that thing of bringing back, you know, it's one of the first films to bring back a... um, a forgotten star and giving them a second wind and now people it's expected now like we've had McConaughey we've had these people who come back and give this second career performance and they did that for Travolta and I mean and it made a star out of Samuel L. Jackson I just think that film has so much and there's like such man and everyone forgets the Bruce Willis sequence such a good sequence what's your favourite vignette within within that I I like the Bruce Willis part I think the Bruce Willis part I I, I hate the, the gimp shit too much yeah like it just it's like I don't know I guess it once you've seen that movie 20 times, it's never yeah. the part you look forward to. <laughs> it's so hard to choose, I, I can't say. I don't know what my favourite There's something part would be. I think it's I, I, it's... I loved it when I was 18 or when I first saw it when I was like 15. And I was just like, this is the best movie ever. I definitely probably wrote some short stories that were like just ripping off that style. Just more cops talking about hash browns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like, it's just so... It, but now when I watch it now, I don't have that same joy. Is it because you're waiting for every line to be said? Like you've watched it so... It's, you, yeah, probably. You can no probably. longer watch it as a film. It's like a comfort thing now. The Uma yeah. Thurman and John Travolta That's my favourite story. That's great. Well. I, 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 I find them... Oh, the, really? I find their dialogue painful in, yeah. in re-watching. It's very hip. Yeah, yeah. And it's because it's they're criticizing pop culture and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that kind of date, that's dated, not his fault, it's the imitator's fault. It's all the imitators that did that Yeah, they fucked him. it up. And it's like... It's Boondock Saints fault. Yeah. Who, what is your best and worst Quentin Tarantino imitation? Tarantini, sorry. Best? 
Tarantimitation. Oh, Tarantinitation. I don't think there is one. best. I think the best one that's like genuinely one, uh, imitation is probably Snatch. Oh, yeah. Okay. Snatch is good. Yeah, Snatch I think is great. Snatch is cool, but then there's stuff like In Bruges, which is arguably... So I wouldn't say that was a Tarantino. I think Tarantini. Madonna, Tarantini, t- Madonna definitely ripped Tarantini off. And then I saw criticisms recently... Uh, for Hateful Eight saying that Tarantino's rip- Tarantini's ripping off McDonough now with Hateful what? Eight what making was like a stage play kind of thing oh come on heaps but of British films there was a lot of British films that were very yeah, yeah it brought a lot of like South like, End, a, like a life less ordinary did you see that joke no yeah that's right but that the was, worst um, is Boondock Sons no, it was something you were McGregor no it was thingy uh, Trainspotting uh, yeah oh, Shallow a, Grave no 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 oh. it was a film after Trainspotting Danny, Bo- Danny Boyle Danny Boyle yeah, yeah. Danny Boyle. Daniel Boyle to his parents <laughs> But I think Boondock is the worst. Yeah, Boondock for me is the worst. Just yeah, because yeah. I worked in a video store and yeah. so many ass hats yeah. uh, who <laughs> I used to uh, avoid at school or hide from due to uh, bullying would come in and rent it out and I would just be like, so that's the shit you're into. Cool. Would you like yeah. a free copy of Scarface with that? Like, well, you can only watch Fight Club so many times, bro. <laughs> it's so no, Fight Club was too intellectual for the kids in my school. They were dumbos. Um, but I think like the most notable thing about that film is like it tries to ape his dialogue and stuff. But then it's like you can tell they're trying to do the way he uses music as well. But it's all like real stock music. Like yeah, it's not it's like, like they, they music couldn't afford song. the rights to certain songs or like... And it's like, okay, Okay, Rockabilly track one, play, and just yeah. so bad. It's just a cringy it. movie. I've but got... if you can track it down, the documentary about the making of... I was just going to say, I have it on DVD and I've never oh. watched it. Overnight, it's called yeah. Overnight. It is a fucking masterpiece. Really? Why? It's a, it's a documentary about the making of Boondock Saints and it's made by two friends of the director. But why is it so good? They, It just basically shows what a fucking monster he becomes. Oh, wow. And how the movie becomes like a mess and stuff. And that it's like, because he got this amazing deal. Is it their it Hearts like, of Darkness? It basically is. Yeah, amazing. It's incredible. Hearts it's of Darkness so being interesting. the Jocko that uh, comes with Apocalypse That Alexei's never seen. Never seen it. <laughs> lies about seeing all the time. What, Apocalypse lie. Now? Yeah, I lie about Hearts of Darkness? Tim Roth was and here, then, bro. And then I lie about seeing Hearts of Darkness as well. It's like, no, but I've seen Hearts of Darkness. That's even worse. Never, <laughs> yeah, but I have actually read the novel. Yeah, that means nothing. School. It's barely based off it. <laughs> yeah, I've read it. It's good. It's one of the few books I've read. So, um, um, wow, I would. Uh, now? Jesus. Should we move on to number three? Yeah, sure. I still I rewatched them both recently, and I I prefer Reservoir Dogs over Pulp Fiction. Really? Days, okay. Yeah. Well, I, can, I, I can see that today. totally. I bought it today, so you, I can rewatch. You should rewatch. It. I think it's like it's, it's probably going to do it tomorrow. I find the dialogue in it. Hateful Eight as well, like a whodunit type of thing, set in kind of one room for a long time. Like, Definitely, such a big influence, and so cool to see him kind of go back to that. Trope. And Michael Madsen's actually very. Oh, he's amazing good in it. it. Yeah. Uh, Vic Vega, I believe. <laughs> uh, well, having said all my criticism of Pop Fiction, this is my number three. I think it's amazing. I think it's a great movie. It's very exciting still. I think the reason why I didn't have Django, I'm just going back to it as low as you guys, is just because of um, Waltz and mm. DiCaprio's performances. They're just yeah. some of the best in the Tarantino universes. I think both of those guys completely body their um, roles in that film. And... Jamie Foxx, I thought, was such a cool kind of reluctant hero mm. in it. I thought he was like super understated. I like his I'm points. so glad that Will Smith wasn't. I could just see him handling yeah. it as Will Smith. And not to say that's a bad thing, but not in that universe. Um, I like his kind of... Like he's explained everything. He doesn't really know what he's doing. Mm. And he would have recorded a pretty cool song called Django Unchained though. Oh, imagine that. Soundtrack. Wicked, wicked, wicked Django Unchained. <laughs> that's what we missed out on. Yeah. Definitely. I can see, yeah, I can see uh, Mr. Wu wear himself, QT, actually signing off on that. Like, going, yeah, that's a good idea. I need a verse, though, in an Australian <laughs> accent, <laughs> featuring Kangaroo Jack. My hands Jack. need a verse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Your feet, uh, 
Here's my verse. It's just a shot of someone's feet. <laughs> Foot fetish, baby. Do we want to do the rest of the of, of our nine movies? Yeah, this or? is. I mean, oh, we've we've already. Uh, Maybe let's do speed round. Speed round. Go, Angus. Go. Um, which one haven't we done? Kill Bill one. It's number four. For What's me, number five? Yeah. Well, I've got to have them together, Kill Bill 2. To me, I, they're uh, like one big thing. I know that sounds But you true. prefer Kill Bill 1 over, over 2? I do. I think that's something that you could just have on. And not to say that this makes a film good. Wow, but what you a could, philistine. You could be, uh, you know, you could watch it and you'd be like, oh yeah, this next big great because it's crazy. And man, the choreography for the crazy yeah, eight sequence incredible. is fucking stupid. And that was the same time that came out was the same time that um the CG uh, Neo in Matrix Reloaded fought <laughs> yeah. 50 CG Agent Smiths and it was just like no that's how you do it and like the comparison and like I'm thinking a lot of these movies Jackie Brown onwards I saw in cinemas so I'm yeah. thinking about how I saw them contemporary as well as looking back on them and mm. Kill Bill 1 is just so exciting like I was like 18 I think it was the first R movie I saw at the cinema and I, it just added so much excitement to it and that's why I regard it so high it was like Unlike anything outcoming at the time. Yeah, I think it's great. It's fun I would as probably hell. say next for me, we were <laughs> up to number four. Mm-hmm. I would probably say Kill Bill 2. Yep. And then after that, Django Unchained. Sure. Cool. I think I'm like Pulp Fiction number four and then Kill Bill 1 number five. Um, Kill Bill 2, Django, and Rose Dogs. And again, it's because a lot of them I haven't seen for a long time. And but Rose Dogs your least favorite? No, man. It was. Oh, Death uh, Proof. So it goes Death, Death Proof and Rose Dogs. Yeah. I probably say I would say Res Dogs is my second least fave and then I would say um, Kill Bill 1 before he it he fucking cunts it took the world by storm yeah I know well, I just it haven't revisited it took Critics it. by storm Pulp Fiction took the world by storm yeah. that was like okay keep Khan. you proving yourself he won Khan yeah. yeah I don't know maybe maybe, uh, maybe I've seen Pulp Fiction at house parties too many times whereas yeah only the cool guys watched Reservoir Dogs yeah only the real ones stick around for yeah. Res Dogs <laughs> Hey, let's, well, you guys can go. Let's, let's all the pop culture dialogue in that isn't. It, I I didn't find when rewatching that. I don't it's find not tried it at all. As cringy, yeah, as I do rewatching Pulp Fiction. I don't think Pulp Fiction has like cringy no, I, pop I don't culture know, dialogue because of the imitators. Yeah, it just feels a bit played out. Yeah. yeah, it's like someone might think they hate the Beatles, but they just hate the shitty bands that try to sound like the Beatles. Well, we did it, guys. We decided on definitive <laughs> collective Tarantini. Top Nini. If anyone can write that down for us and send it. Send it in. We probably left one out of each of our Le- ones. Leave it as an iTunes uh, review yeah. on the Blank Slate Movie Podcast No, it's page. all there. We got it all. Nailed it. Couple of inglorious bastards, aren't we? <laughs> oh, man. What a great Lucky flick. we didn't uh, argue too much or we would have to record this podcast in four rooms. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that. Really? Never. The Tarantino bits. Actually, like it's it's stupid. Is it you know who's fucking great in it? Who? Tim Roth. Tim Roth and Tony Banderas is in it as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That 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 scene is fucking weird. Yeah. So it's who directed it? It's Tarantino. Altman? Tarantini. Um, no, it's not Altman, isn't it? No, I keep saying no. Altman. it's Altman. Robert yeah. Rodriguez. Robert who? Rodriguez. <laughs> Uh, Bob Rodriguez, Spy, Ki- Spy Kids, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. It, may, it may as well be the precursor to Spy Kids because it's about two kids terrorizing a babysitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's essentially what happens when the, uh, you know a babysitter has to put on Spy Kids to yeah. babysit the kids. <laughs> Seeing who else is involved with this masterpiece. Bruce Willis has a great cameo in Tarantini's scene. Um, uh, Alison Anders and on uh, Alexandre Rockwell are the other directors. Yeah, they've got bigger and better things, I'm sure. <laughs> Madonna's in it, Jennifer Beals is in it, Salma Hayek, 
It's a real who's who of 1994. Yeah, it's, it's a, lo- yeah. a lot of it is trash, but um, the narrative that keeps it together with Tim Roth is actually really, really fun. And, and Tarantini's Tim Roth, the, the glue once it's again, yeah. isn't he? Man. Amanda yeah. Decadena. No lies or glue. Wow. Lie to me. Um, and Kathy Griffin as Betty. So there Well, go. he used to date her. Tarantini and Kathy Griffey were <laughs> Graffini. an item. Graffini Tarantini. Yeah, wow. Imagine what her feet look like. Cool, I'm sure. <laughs> cool feet. I looked up like who cool he feet, was. Cool <laughs> I looked up who he was involved with today, and it was Mira Savino. He was. Yeah, with. that's right. Uh, he Sofia Coppola. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Griffin. Do not think uh, Margaret Uncle Cho. Frank would be too happy about that one. <laughs> <laughs> and he was with Margaret Cho as well. Yeah, that's so weird. So and, two uh, comedians. Was it with Uma for a while? I believe so. At least it was rumored. Wow. And Uma, rumor. Ooh, we. I, I know you the bad Friday. boy of. Um, <laughs> I know you the bad boy of Australian film criticism, but are you the bad boy of Hollywood gossip? I love Goss. I love Goss. Are you the favorite celebrity of the couple. Favorite inter- celebrity couple of all I'm time. I'm gonna put it out there. Beck and Winona Ryder. That's great, but I would go for um, <laughs> Richard Burden and Liz Taylor. Now, this is a Hollywood couple from the golden age, and they had a tumultuous relationship where they got together twice. They married each other twice. Uh, who said that true love doesn't come more than once? Well, don't think anybody. That's not a phrase. <laughs> I think it's you. You said it. You were the first. Yeah, one. that's right. I made the T-shirt. You can buy it online. Second favorite: Michael Jackson and Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, Lisa Macaulay Culkin, Presley, <laughs> Lisa Marie Presley. Presley, yeah. she, this is the king of pop yeah. and the king of rock's daughter together. Well, we share That's one. exciting. Uh, and I, I wish they had a child. Well, we share one because mine is also uh, Lisa Marie Presley and uh, the king of rock's daughter and then also the king of the film, The Rock, <laughs> Nicolas Cage. That was uh, my two favorite uh, couple. And I think that's great because he was such an Elvis... Yeah, yeah, obsessive. That's right. that's, exactly. What's the best thing? In, uh, what's the next best thing it's than being creepy. Elvis banging his daughter and having him as your creepy dead father-in-law? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, how weird is that? That's because they didn't live together. They were not married for very long, and I think she must have cottoned on to his weirdness. Yeah, call <laughs> me daddy, shit. Like, you know. Hey, baby, let's fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he practically plays Elvis in every film. I mean, in Lost yeah. Highway, he is Elvis. Exactly, Lost yeah. Highway, Ghost Living Las Vegas. Yeah, Las Vegas. What's that? No, you're not thinking of Las Vegas. That's who plays an alcoholic who dies. I was thinking of Honeymoon in Vegas. Honeymoon in Vegas. No, but let's say leaving Las Vegas because Elvis did have a essentially a lost weekend uh, for the yeah. last four where he's years. A, is it, where he's a vampire? Vampire's Kiss. Oh, Vampire's Kiss. That's an amazing That's film. Yeah. He eats a fucking roach in it, bruh. Yeah, oh, real mate. roach. Yeah, I'll eat a roach, but it's <laughs> at the end of a joint, baby. Ooh! Um, Let the roach show not into weeds. It's a bit of a character oh, thing that I do. I'm wow. going to break it. I've come and cleaned on the podcast. 2016, we've tested his piss, guys, when he came in tonight, <laughs> as per every guest we have on, and we just got the results back then. Alexis is yellow as yeah. a morning sun I on drink a Barocca instead day. of doing weed. I'm the opposite. Yeah, he's Very awake. Very sensible. You yeah. smoke Barocca, though. Yeah, he oh, smokes man. the Barocca oh, tablets. Up it. I'll up it. <laughs> no, he crunches the Barocca tablets and snorts it up. Oh, wee. I inject it, baby, right <laughs> down my beast hole. <laughs> <laughs> Baraka Enema That's how I wake up That's what up. the B stands for <laughs> So uh, we've been talking For 90 minutes so far We want to talk For 90 seconds About this Star Wars script Sure No we'll speak A little bit longer than that No no 90 <laughs> seconds <Sure>. 90 <laughs> seconds Basically Well look We were at uh, my birthday Due recently Yeah and you were very drunk was very you drunk me into Writing a Star Wars <laughs> Obi-Wan script with you Basically I bullied What an origin story Yeah <laughs> No look I was uh, in Japan recently And they show a lot of Classic uh, samurai films Constantly mm. Like Good ones too, like Kurosawa's 
And I'm not going to say other ones because no one needs to know Say them. Kobayashi. Kobayashi. There you go. <laughs> there you go. No, that's the, true. The Last Samurai featuring and, Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know, oh, man, Star Wars Zwick. Fever. This is pick. Star Wars Fever was an all-time high. And I was like, you know, there's all these rumors about an Obi-Wan film mm. getting made and that whole 20-year period of what happened. I was like, wouldn't it be great to just kind of go back to Star Wars' roots and adapt, essentially, some classic samurai and westerns. And, yeah. But... Very well-known ones, but kind of t- put a spin set on Tatooine and have Obi-Wan and restrict him from like using a lightsaber, restrict him from making contact with other Jedi. No Darth Vader, like no big villains, but him and just a village in the middle of nowhere. Why can't he use a saberina? Um, he doesn't use it, which has been established in the new canon, which is in the notes we took the other exactly. day. <laughs> We've been taking notes because Angus believes that Disney is going to be into it. I think if we can get enough... Look, this is a very <laughs> elevated pitch. It's your classic West and a guy walks into town. There's a feuding uh, people in there. They could be Tuscan Raiders. They could yeah. be... We don't know yet. But uh, I, I just think the spirit of a Western and a samurai film... Yeah. Hugh McGregor's aging up really nicely. Oh, my God. What a hunk to this day. It's, it's low budget. It's low risk. Even if... Look, I don't want to do... I, don't, I think script is too much. I think a spec script is what I'm interested yes, in doing. Yes, it's a speco. We want to do a 15 to 20 page spec script. Here's your characters. Here's the setting. Here's the beats. Disney, if you're interested, give us a call. All right. So, Obi-Wan, already know he's, an, he's a character in this script. Yeah. Yep. Are there any existing Star Wars no. characters? That I think avoiding I was that. pitching some. Yeah. I was pitching a few. Yeah. I want HK-47 from the Nice of the Republic game franchise. And this is it. a very uh, esoteric cameo compared to the ones we've been getting lately, which yeah. I think could be good. But I, I think... This, I think the beauty of this is, uh, for me personally, I think it could, should stand on its own and yes. be timeless. And you don't have to know anything about Star Wars to get the um, the old man wander- with, who doesn't have a name, this old Ben wizard who wanders into town, fixes a problem, then leaves. Like I think there's something mm. cool about that. There's low impact. We there's- want to explore cool things about Tatooine. I want to explore Tusken Raider indigenous heritage. We want to get their mask off. We want to see what's under there. Nah, see why they hate humans so much. But yeah, I want to find that Sounds out. Well, you like can you do guys- it in a... Had a lot to work out. Yeah. Well, look, this Sunday we got together. Last Sunday we got together. Yeah. And we're like, let's watch some samurai movies. Um, what did you watch instead? We watched, we watched, we we watched, watched one called, uh, which is suitably called Kwaidon. Yeah. Which is kind of like Kwaidon Jin. Yeah, exactly. It's a samurai ghost movie directed by Kobayashi himself. It's an anthology. Um, look, it's very beautiful. It's very surreal. But we started yapping during it and uh, chatted up a storm. We'll talk about our favorite movie bloopers as uh, movie buffs do. <laughs> yeah. And. Tell it, pitch it to me, uh, to Levens, like you told me. Oh, yeah. So, my favorite movie blooper is one that it's in the movie. Like, they didn't cut it out. And I, it has to be a blooper. And we, no, we're talking about, first we're going Halloween. We're talking about score. We're like, The Thing was great. Hateful oh, yeah. Eight was great. How good was The Thing? How good's Halloween? You're like, yeah. I just got the box set. Then I'm like, are you Nightmare on Elm Street or uh, Friday yeah. the 13th? And then we end up getting to Leprechaun, like all these franchises. We're talking about franchises, movies that have seen the whole franchise. Yeah. Leprechaun's one of the few that have seen the whole franchise. And how, many, from, how many films make? There's, four there's seven. Seven. Wow. Leprechaun one, two, three. And then they become black exploitation Then films. there's a space one. And there's Leprechaun in the hood and Leprechaun back to the hood, which is this one has a blooper in it. I love a, a franchise that can just halfway through its um, series Change. just go, let's become black exploitation yeah. films. <laughs> like, let's- so this is the final one, Leprechaun back to the hood. And there's like this montage sequence <laughs> where like there's evil shit going on. And one of the characters becoming rich. And because of the leprechaun, right? He's kind of... He's got leprechaun gold. Yeah. <laughs> God plays a role in this scene as well. But he's... Uh, there's a scene where he's making out with this babe and he's just in his boxer shorts 
and um, they're making out. And as they're making out, she <laughs> grabs his dick. <laughs> it's like a wide shot. And you see her grab his dick. And she like, grabs it. And then she just kind of moves her hand. And then it cuts. And it's I was like, like, there's no way that was written into the film. There's no way. Because of course she would have been making out. She goes on autopilot. Oh, great. I grab a dick. That's what I normally do. And like, he's a pretty hot dude. And Very, like, she's a, a babe. Scene. And it's like pretty steamy. And you just see it. She just lunged. And I'm like, no way. Let's find it. So he yeah. pulls the samurai movie amidst all this like... Oh, let's soak up some great, uh, some, some great culture, some great knowledge. Yeah. We'll become masters, and then we're YouTubing it for like ten minutes. Find nothing. Yeah, go on every streaming legit service, can't find it. Then I'm like, fuck, it doesn't exist. I'm gonna have to buy it. <laughs> like buy the movie. It was a dollar more to buy it than rent it on iTunes. <laughs> then we spent twenty minutes scrubbing through it to find I it. Seen. And did it live up to your expectations? Well, how many times do we watch it up? <laughs> like five or six times. That's spent up like an hour of the writing or the the, the, the the idea gestation. I think we've given the world's worst pitch ever. But man, it's basically a badass Obi Wan Kenobi. Someone grabs his dick. Yeah, someone grabs his but dick. But I had this cool idea for the opening scene. I don't know if it's tried now. Mm. Dude, is it shit? What? Where like those? Drunk- I think it sounds cool. It's like it's the opening scenes, like in this bar. It's kind of like uh, maybe somewhere in Mos Eisley, and you know, mm. dudes are, uh, do shifty shit. Like uh, some assassins, some people who hang out at Jabba's. Are there palace. any familiar faces? None. There's like no faces. But there's noodles. So many- I'm gunning for sauce noodles to be in the movie. No, but the galaxy's so big, it's kind of getting annoying seeing everyone run into each other. Just some dudes like you and I, like no yeah. aliens or an alien. What music, music are they playing in the bar? No, it's not How about that. How does it go? It's, I just there's watched- a scene in it because it's set before New Hope where <laughs> a, a Bith comes up to another Bith. He's like, hey, I've got this great idea for a song. Here, let me whisper it to you. He's like, it's like, no, not right. And he's like, yeah, da, 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 da. and they're like, that's it. We got to print it. That's and the opening scene. He's like, hey, you know that song, <laughs> you know, sound you're looking for? I just heard it. But I had this idea, and it's I, I just watched Jaws, so it was very fresh in my mind, the mm. wound sharing scene. And there was a bunch of guys sitting around there drinking blue milk, and there's a little uh, of, you know, granddaddy's uh, cough medicine poured into it. And they're going, <laughs> speaking bar. about recent jobs they had, you know, uh, like, oh, got this bruise from this recently, or... What's with the eye patch? It's like, oh, this uh, one of Jabba's thugs fucked me up when I was dropping off a. So Jabba's in it. Well, reference to Jabba, like you know, he runs Tatooine. Like that's a, that's a fact. Uh, like you don't see him, and it's just like, uh, yeah. And there's like, what about this guy? And he's at a, the bar, and it's like he's this drunk guy, kind of talking to himself. And he turns around, he's got one arm, and it's like, oh, he swears he ran into this guy. And as we know, as we've seen in two films out of the seven, Obi Wan has a penchant. Oh no, and and three actually, but it's his friend mm. for cutting off dudes' mm. limbs. And it's like this clean cut, and this guy's like, what the hell's that? That's not a like cry at dragon. That's uh, that's one of those laser swords. And they're like, no nah, man, Jedi don't. They're not real. That's just a myth. That hasn't been around for ages. They got wiped out. Blah blah blah. Uh, alarm goes off. Something like, oh shit, we got to go. We got to um. The Lars farm's doing a moisture run tonight. We've got to, like, jump on the shipment and steal it. Like, that's, you know, that's another... It doesn't have to be the Lars farm. It could be some other farm that mm. is a moisture farm. I actually would love Klieg Lars in it. I think because we could get Klieg cool in it. if we could get Jack Thompson to be in a movie that I made. Screen Australia could get behind us if we do cast Jack... Jo- uh, not Jack Johnson. He's doing the score. <laughs> <laughs> <We could> get- <laughs> Jack Thompson, Australia's Jack Tom- greatest. Anyway... They call that guy crazy who's got the one arm. It's clearly a lightsaber severing. Mm. And anyway, they go outside. They go to do it. But it's kind of like that Batman-esque. I picture like Batman Begins. Like you don't really see what's going on. But these guys get fucked up, pushed back, thrown around. Mm. And then you hear a hello there. And it's a slightly grade Obi-Wan Kenobi who's like, I wouldn't be doing that if I was you. Pulls out the saber. And it's like, whoa. And uh, that's I I just thought it was a badass opening scene. Obviously, tweak it a bit. But just kind of have that, you know. 
talk about Obi-Wan without mentioning him for a long time. Mm. Show the wound. Just go, no, no, there's some crazy... Old craze- Ben. Yeah, I think... And that could be the name for it. Old Ben. I think it's oh, badass. Yeah. Like, the film's wow, just Old huge. Ben, a Star Wars story. And isn't it's there like, a movie about a dog called Old Ben? That's Old Yeller, isn't it? Yeah. Benji? I don't know. I don't know if it's I'm, good. I'm but I, think, I, I really think that we, you know, we, we are the do best dudes for the job. Mm-hmm. I mean, Levens, would you watch something like that? Sounds great. I'm, I'm on board. Really? Yeah, You're yeah. just saying that because we're podcast partners. No, never. <laughs> okay, that's beautiful. It'd be good for the pod if it got made. Well, I, think, I mean, that's why I'm saying. Yeah. I just think, it's, yeah. Fine. So we're going to, we're going to like every week try and get together, watch another Samurai, Samurai Western. Flick. Watch some more great bloopers. Watch some, some more dick grabbing scenes. Yeah. <laughs> you got to watch this dick grabbing scene. It just is so wait. funny. You know what? I'm going to have to rip it because it's not on YouTube. I'm going <laughs> to rip it from my purchased <laughs> copy and then upload it for everyone Make to see. Make a great gif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll upload it for sure. But yeah, uh, goal this year, we're going to write a spec script for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Try and get we're it. Gonna do it. It sounds silly, but it's like, you know what? It'd just be fun. It'll be fun. And yeah. we're going to learn something about us, I think, while we do it. Even if it, nothing happens from it. If people laugh at it, it's going, your, your Ben Kenobi movie with idea is shit. But yeah, that'll be brutal to hear, but I'll, I'll live. I'll live. I just think it's brave. And, you know, it's low risk. It's a low budget film. It's not going to have any ramifications that affect this overarching mm. uh, canon they're writing. It's just this tiny little Western. That's it. Said in the easy. I think it's cool. You want to be up for it? He loves that character. Yeah, he's cool. He's a cool bro. I'd love to hang out with him. I would love to say, Ruin, you're saying my words and I'm happy about that. Yeah, I'd love to hear him speak my prose. Yeah. I think we're the right guys for the job. We love Star Wars. We love film. Man, you guys have got the job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bob Iger. Thank you, Catherine Kennedy. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm a former Disney employee, so that'd be great. Yeah, Yeah. no problem. And a former Star Wars. You did great work. Yeah, former Star Wars I've worked on a goddamn Star Wars film. Your credentials speak for themselves. The spec was... I don't even need the spec. Yeah. Hey, guess what? The passion is enough. Yeah. Spoiler, Obi-Wan lives. Because he kind of has to. Yeah. No, well, I mean... We could do a sick twist. You only get the script... You only get this movie made if he dies. What he if gets he's a like cloned? We- he gets cloned in the process. What if he? And he's gone. It's they got the same aging serum. It was a fake Obi Wan. Oh, no, it was all yeah. a dream. Yeah. No, this is Obi Two. You see? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I love it. No, no, I'm thinking Yoda. I think he dies at the end of this. Yoda from Dagobah controls him, a la mm. Weekend at Bernie's for all of Episode oh. Four. Is his puppet master? <laughs> Dreamly dead cool. guy cruising along, and we kind of see, yeah, that. He's not so great, and he was no. Dead. Well, you know, he dies at the end of your movie. And That's what he's, I mean. a for, he's a force ghost for, and then he re dies again. So when you see him, he dies in his in his he cloak dies twice, and he's like, the only thing keeping me here is the cloak. Mm. I need to get out of the cloak so I can finally disappear into the universe. Yeah, and when Vader uh, slices, you know what, guys? I've said it already, but I'll say it again. You got the movie. Welcome to Hollywood, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, this has been my dream ever since I was a young boy dreaming of being a princess of film. And finally, I am that princess. Princess Ten. Pictures. Is that you? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Produced a lot of cool you, stuff for some local content. <laughs> you made the right decision stuff. coming to do a podcast with your buddy, Bob Iger. Oh, well, look, we're going to... Um, thanks, Bob. But we're going to... Yeah, every few weeks, we'll, I'll offer an update on that. The yeah, dick bloopers we've seen. But I really think, you know, we could nail a spec by June. Mm-hmm. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Every week on and Hey Fam. Hey Fam, if you think you've, that's a good idea, let us know. I would really like to know. Um, Star Wars is very near and dear to us. And mm. if you want us, if you want Alexi to come in every week and read <laughs> and read a page of the script. No, act it out and we describe what he's doing. <laughs> okay, mime. Yeah. Mime the script. God, we describe I would it. love to mime. 
Because we know that you have the first Star Wars movie in mime. Like we could do it as a mime. God, we should do that. Yeah, we've got too many projects coming up. That's our problem. We're Quentin Tarantino. We're talking about our four like westerns we're we're sitting on and stuff. Yeah, some ideas we got cooking in our little brains. What are some real things that you have coming up that you can talk about now? As I seek towards the end of the program, known as Hey Fam. We're talking plugs. Okay, please listen to the Blank Slate Movie (coughs) Podcast. These boys have been on it. It was very fun to have them. Uh, it's a fun movie podcast where we chat about flicks and also <laughs> about other movie stuff. movie four times and not <laughs> yeah. describe yeah. anything about it. <laughs> well, basically, it's a film Christmas podcast <laughs> that's very dirty. Yeah, it's great. Uh, also, when does this come out? On tomorrow? Tomorrow. Thursday? I'm going to edit it oh, immediately. On Friday, uh, the 29th? Yeah. Yes. I've got a stand-up gig, Green Lights Comedy Nights, at the Gaelic Club in Surrey Hills. I'm hosting that. Above my GTs, buddy baby. Yeah, above GTs, bro. It's going to be very sick. Reese Nicholson's headlining. What's that uh, door price? Five beans. If you say, um, I, I love the Dex, dick, dick grabbing scene in Back to the Hood. Do you get it for free? Man, I'll fucking chuck you on. All right. You do it. You can <laughs> come in if you love it. What if, what if they grab your dick? <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. And you yell out blooper. No, no. Um, yeah, so definitely listen to the Blank State Movie Podcast, especially a recent best of episode of all of those naughty trolls you guys do. Yeah, that was fun. That um, was fun to do. What a fun. We, we love the trolls so much. I actually what, what they do is you guys. They... I was on a um, bullet train hurtling 200 kilometers an hour as I had explosive diarrhea from a huge night the night before and I was like <laughs> listening to you on a shitty toilet on a bullet train and laughing my ass off while I'm like having explosive diarrhea and you guys like oh thanks yeah well I was in the middle of watching Bridge of Spies so I couldn't really reply to those messages so sorry we love the the IMDB troll segment so much that we had you guys do it as part of our live show yeah and we're gonna have you guys do it when we do another one again definitely we'll do it for sure there was so much fun to do yeah. it gave us the courage to maybe one day think about putting on our own live troll show one day amazing live troll show live troll show be a cool thing that might happen in the future you've paid a um you've paid a ticket then a fraction of it is a troll segment now pay the same price (laughs) that that fraction blown up exactly it's gonna be family i think that's great it's a money maker thanks baby big earner um i uh want to come in to your show and do a follow-up episode about oh, yeah. the troll that I did um, oh, to the burnt boards that I still get notifications from awesome. every week. Yeah, don't so, delete it. We want to have you back. So you, you picked a nerve. You know, you really rubbed. But I haven't. I haven't replied to it since the first day I put it put it's it up. Gained its own life, its own sentence. Yeah, and just just the other day, one of my goosebumps ones got bumped, and my <laughs> really really shitty. Um, uh, Peanuts, the movie one, where I said, is this like Shrek? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still getting bumped for my Peanuts one because I keep saying Snoopy was like Snoop Dogg and how dare kids watch it. And I'm getting (laughs) so much. I'm like, I Googled Snoop Dogg and that's what came up. Snoopy Dogg and he's disgusting and kids should not be watching this. Really? Um, Pro drug user. And I'm still getting complaints about that, which is pretty good. I always delete them. Why, man? Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, it's so you can remain anonymous and you can do a new troll. No, man, you have 4,000 accounts like me. It's too stressful. (laughs) No, it's not. I like to to start afresh. I'm a new character every time. It's part of my process. And that way, if they click on my name, they won't be able to see that I have a history of being a menace on the board. But what if you... They just probably go, this person's mentally unstable. Props. (laughs) I don't want that. No, they say to the... If they see your history, they're like, oh, this guy's mentally unstable. Yeah, and they don't want to comment. That's a good enough excuse. They don't want to comment. 
Damn, bro. It's hot out there for a troll. Mm, yeah. yeah, baby. Uh, it's it, it's uh, lonely at the top of Troll Mountain, you know? <laughs> um, where can we find you if we don't want any of that goddamn blank slate stuff? Uh, we just want the Tolliopolop. You just want me. You can find me at this is Alexi T I. No. T H I S I S A L E X E I on Twitter. Or this podcast. Yeah. If you're not already yeah. listening to it. If you're walking past on and that bit just played, you'd be like, like, oh, oh what podcast is that? Hey yeah. fam, guys. It's Hey Fam. I've hey been fam, on this it. a bunch now. You have. Probably four. Rating Champ. You've been on it four. I think so. Proximity wise, it's easy. You know, we all get on well. It just, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah, four times. Four times, bro. You yeah. might And the, the live app. Did you're you include winner. the live app? Yeah, I, I did. can't remember. Good. I did. All right. <laughs> Is that canon? Is the live app canon? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're the canon king, but I... Uh, I'm going to allow it. It's canon. Basically. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. It's very big of you. Yeah. Um, you can find us online, facebook.com slash heyfampodcast, or send us an email, heyfampodcast at gmail.com. We check Please uh, send us a fucking review on iTunes. <sighs> Say you want more Alexi. Say four is not enough. Try mm. 400. Yeah. Please. Also, yeah. Uh, Don't le- criticize me. Leave a nice review. We uh, were lucky enough to win best new podcast in iTunes last year. Let's uh, let's keep that love coming and also stroke our self esteem. Yeah, because we, yeah. we want to get best new podcast next this year too. So we, <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's up to you guys to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, you can be new for two years in a row. It's. Yeah. It's a thing. I think it's still new. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. New, new to someone. It's new compared yeah, to like exactly. I Love Green Guide Letters or something. That's old now. Dum Dum Club? Old. Old. Now with the old, continue with the new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find Angus Chimichangus on Twitter and Instagram and myself. Or looking for dick bloopers. In, uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm really, really trying to end this episode as quickly as possible so I can watch me that dick Yeah, we're going to watch it straight away. We had it queued up just before you walked in. That's why I was like, we're not going to tell you why we have you Back can, to the Hood on the screen. <laughs> you, can, you can find me online at Dick Blooper King. Dick Blooper King. I'm gonna, I'm gonna it's change. like Mr. Skin, except it's way funnier. <laughs> I'm going to change my, my Twitter and Instagram username to that. If I forget, you can find me at LevDog. Are you going to change it? Fuck no. Although... Because I might take it. That's what I'm thinking. It's pretty good. That's all yours, Does it fit? I'm like Dick Blooper King. It's like 13 characters. I can do it. When we last said Henry Stone from the Blank Slate on a Hey Fan podcast... Um, he changed his name to Up the Shops. Up the Shops. Holy fuck! You've been on five. Um, hey, fams! I just realized. Yes. Are they all canon though? The best yeah, ones yeah. are canon. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm the king. I've been fuck. on as many as you have. I think. <laughs> <laughs> now we've only done four apps. We don't know how the fuck this happened. Yeah, yeah. This is my first solo, bro. How'd you go? I'm happy. I'm so happy that I was here. I'm so that glad that I got the call up. So happy that I'm here. I'm proud that we talked about Quentin Does Tarantini. Feel like an audition? Do you think at the end we're going to kind of be like, hey, you don't need those guys? <laughs> no, that'd be cool. I'd say yes. We'll make an offer. Okay. We'll to make that offer off Mike to uh, save the embarrassment for either Lemons and myself or Alexi, whether it's a large number or too small a number. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to say which who's embarrassed, but one of us will be. Goodbye. <laughs> See you in Hollywood, fuckos. Bye. Love ya. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.